shit. Charles, what do you think? Should we should we kick this off? Yeah, we slow rolling again? Yeah, I don't know. I've been recording this whole time. We'll just see whatever yeah, you it sounds real? like. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what sounds good. I don't know. We had a we had a pretty nice pause for for to start the show last time so we're we're trying to figure out like a new way to start the show like we don't always have to be like three two yeah, one yeah, and go instantly introducing the show that a person just read the title of yeah like oh i want to listen to libations forever welcome to libations yes i know where i am thank you yeah. it's like walking into walking into denny's and they yell they yell at you <laughs> but you're the one who's supposed to yell what the fuck is up denny's. that's the thing that i would love oh my god i would love if i could go to denny's and have like a, a high school aged metal band <laughs> screaming what the fuck is up denny's oh, i would go to denny's all the time yeah exactly I, it's worth it for the diarrhea absolutely <laughs> no, i was thinking how great it is that uh it, the weather's been so nice we have to make some adjustments because we're used to recording in here when it sucks out and oh, now yeah. it's super nice out and i'm like Man, I don't know. This isn't the most fun thing we could be doing right now. But today it's raining. So. Exactly. <laughs> it was helpful. It was the most beautiful day until it thunderstormed yeah, out of nowhere. Yeah, it was going great. We were, I had a meeting at Sea Salt today, and we sat outside for an hour and a half. Yep. And I was just marveling at how beautiful everything was. Oh, I thought that's where you were. Well, I, it was. And then when I was walking there. to the car is when the storm hit. And so I ended up having to completely... like. In between leaving work and coming here, I had to run home and completely strip and put a whole new yep. outfit on because I was soaked head to toe. I was about four blocks from my car, yeah. and there was nowhere to hide. It was yeah, down quick. Ha- yeah, ha- <laughs> Did you guys get any hail? No, 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 just rain. Yeah, we had, we yeah. haven't gotten that much rain either yet today. So. Oh, man. It poured here, and then it we had like, like pea-sized hail. It was like 10 minutes. It yeah. just hit real hard yeah. and then walked away. No, I, I grilled up. Uh, Ribs for lunch today oh, before man. I came in. Nice. And, uh, oh, that sounds yeah. so good. So it was a nice day. So Hell yeah. Until it, did, until it wasn't. <laughs> it was great until it wasn't. Uh, well, as you may have noticed, you are, in fact, listening to Libations for Everyone. Uh, this voice that you are hearing is Mr. Ben Quam. I am one of the co-hosts, and I am sitting a... Uh, uppercase L away from uh, my partner in crime here, Mr. Charles Wad. What, what size font is that? That sounds like a that's like an eight hundred point font. <laughs> papyrus, because I know you love it. No, if, if it was a papyrus font, I'd be all the way across this theater. <laughs> I uh, I saw a tweet yesterday, and the guy's the guy's Twitter name was Stand Up Comic Sans. And I thought it was so funny, I couldn't stop laughing because nice. I was like, "You named yourself after the ugliest font on earth." I think Comic Sans is actually uh, not the worst. Ooh. It's the third worst font now. What's the worst? The worst is always papyrus, yeah. forever. Forever and ever. <laughs> Number two is bleeding cowboys. I don't know what bleeding cowboys is. You know what bleeding cowboys is. You just don't look it up. Is it's it is fucking it? awful. It's the one that looks like a, almost like a western style font with all the twisty ends. It would be and it's, got, it's textured. Emblazoned on so on <laughs> on white men going through a midlife crisis's jeans across yes. the back Bedazzle. of their mm-hmm. jeans. Yes. Yeah, with yeah, with like <laughs> Swarovski crystals <laughs> and some sort of white new balance shoe. <laughs> Yeah, I'm pulling something up right now just so we can get your reaction. You probably will recognize it, but I need you to look at it and then just give an audio reaction. Oh, yeah, fuck that. (laughs) No, yeah. This awful fucking font. Ugh. That's like... Yeah, yeah, you yeah, you know no is that Nickelback too? <laughs> exactly. I can yeah. look at this font I got. Yeah. Uh, Their Ipsum is just Nickelback <laughs> lyrics. <Yes. laughs> the gibberish is fucking. That's so great. This is how you remind me is just the font. Oh my god, I do hate Man. that. That every time I I see that, that automatically means I shouldn't order any food off that menu. Yes. No. Yeah, it's a dirty bathroom yeah. of fonts. Yes, it's a dirty <laughs> bathroom of fonts. On the floor. Yes. Oh yeah. yeah. No, I'm, yeah. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. Gotta go. 
I uh, I did have I was I was stuck in a, a peanut bar one time, and I did have the pleasure of watching somebody not realize until they had ordered a beer that they were surrounded by nuts and had a, a really bad oh, nut no. allergy. And that was one of the odder things because we didn't find out why she freaked out. Literally just Ooh. came in, super calm, okay. hanging out, ordered a beer, looked around, started screaming, and ran out. Wow, you'd never think about that. But nope. That would be fucking dangerous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, we all just sat there, and for like 30 seconds, we played like a, what the fuck was that? And everybody was trying to come up with different stories. And then one of her friends came back in to pay for the beer uh, and well, was like, she's allergic to nuts. I didn't even think about it. Dude. Like, we came here, you know. I mean, did she have to scream? Okay? No, absolutely not. She <laughs> just quietly walked out. But it made it one hell of a story for us. <laughs> it was like, is she, is she on fire and we can't see it? Were there bees? Did she get swarmed by invisible bees? Microdosing. Micro, well, or macrodosing, apparently. And it just all hit at the same time. <laughs> One too many microdoses. Uh, well, to all of our lovely listeners out there, you have heard a third voice, and it is long past due that we should introduce you. Uh, to our good friend here, would you introduce yourself and say a little bit about who you are and what you do? Um, my name is Trey Hardy, and I'm a chef in the cities here. Um, that's pretty much it. I'm a chef, cool. and I garden and stuff. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, where are you currently chefing? Right now, I'm doing my own thing. Um, so... Most recently, I was at the Target Center with the Timberwolves and looking to get back there really soon. But Absolutely. Everybody knows we just got fans back there. So yes. we're slowly Yesterday. staffing back up there. And uh, cool. um, so for now, I'm just kind of been doing my own thing. And Are you a basketball fan and were you before? I'm from Chicago, so I'm a Bulls fan. Ah. Yep. yep. All things Chicago. Uh, not that I'm trying to air out your age, but did you get to grow up watching the glory run? I did. Man, what was that like having something that absolutely dominant for that long? So we grew up, the, one, or the, the area of town that we lived in was pretty much by the United Center, so we could walk from our house, and it was like a block away. Oh, man. One of the cool things about wow. it, like, they would throw away stuff in the dumpster, and as kids, we would yeah. crawl into Hell the dumpster yeah. and get, like, towels and yeah. just stuff that they would throw away yeah. from the arena. So that was one of the cool things growing up by the United Center, and, and we get a chance to go over and see the players pulling in and cool yeah i remember seeing charles barkley pull in on that oh, that, that was my guy right there that yeah. that, that, that uh, infamous series yeah um, yeah it was great it was great growing up around there i was i, I forgot you're a big barkley guy i yeah. was it was it was uh lj and alonzo and then Barkley and KJ. Because, mm-hmm. like, all my friends were Bulls fans, and yep. I loved Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. I, that was the first sports poster I ever had was The Dunk. Yep. And I would just lay in bed staring at how amazing that picture was. And the look on Dominique Wilkins' face in that photo is yeah. priceless. But uh, because I'm contrarian, I had to pick a different team to cheer for because F all my friends. And I just fell in love with Larry Johnson and Charles Barkley, too. I mean, their senses of humor with the game. Sure. It just it, That Hornets yeah. team was very popular, mostly because of the starter's jacket and the colors. Hell Those yeah. were so popular at yeah. the time. I think I didn't have but it was a Yeah, it was a very popular team as well. Just They, had, it was, they were fun to watch. Yep. And then I went all in on Shaq and Penny, and that was yeah. my – I still okay. think if that team could have stayed together with Horace Grant on there, that would have been a squad, but – Sometimes greatness can't be contained like that. And I boom. went, uh, I went, Barkley Suns to Spruel Weber Warriors to Timberwolves because then we it was KG time. Yeah, I did all that. Yeah, I'm a, Tim- I'm a Timberwolves fan too. I mean, um, I work you know for them and, and and know some of the players and stuff. Cook for some of them still right now. So. Um, 
I'm a fan. I, you know, yeah. I wish they would play better. <laughs> right. But I, I think that's going to turn around here shortly. So it sure feels like that, man. It's I, I haven't felt watching games. I haven't felt an energy like that in our team in years. Yeah. And now it's just it's got to gel. And I just hope yeah. we have enough time to make that happen before somebody gets angry and throws a temper tantrum and then wants to move. Yeah. yeah. But hopefully we'll get there. Uh, well, we are uh, we are going to be consuming today. This was my choice uh, was yes. Kentucky Tavern, a, uh, a sipper bourbon and 80 proof. Um, there is I found myself trying to have a few of these in my liquor cabinet at all times because you don't always want to take like a really great sipping bourbon and put it in a cocktail. But one of these is, you know, it's around the same price as like an ancient age or an old crow. You can get it for a one seven five for like 23 bucks and it's good. It hits the brown sugar. Yeah, it it hits great. the vanillins, easy drinking at 80 proof. So nobody gets in too much trouble. Uh, so what do you say? We, uh, we sip on, on one of these and then we get this show rolling. Let's do it. Cheers, everybody. Cheers, gents. Sweeter than you who. What did we drink on the first episode? You had a bourbon, a Kentucky bourbon that um, I wasn't terribly familiar with. That was time. benchmark number eight. On the first episode? Mm-hmm. Okay. That was another one of those, like, they don't sell it a ton outside of that area. Mm-hmm. And then every now and then, somebody in another state will just say, hey, I saw this somewhere. Pick that it up. Was, that was nice, too. Yeah. There's a, um, a New York company that sources shit from all over the company or all, all over the country. And if you order it, they'll just ship it all to your house. Mm. And if it goes over a hundred bucks, um, you can get free shipping. So I just did, uh, six of those and six of the other and yeah. boom. Wait, you, you had 12 bottles to get yourself to a hundred bucks. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's not hard to get to a hundred bucks with bourbon. Well, no, you get a, you get a case break if you get six. Sure, so still, it was worth like, it. That's pretty low. Incredibly <laughs> cheap. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I could get one bottle. Yeah. <laughs> That was what we, um, I had a, a little virgin oak charred barrel last year when the shutdown happened. Uh, and I'm doing the same thing again this year with rum. But that was actually what I ended up aging was a blend of those two with some fun uh, old granddad 114, uh, a couple like basically barrel proof, uh, some Knob Creek in there, some Woodford. And it turned out great. It was really fun to kind of have the same that. barrel blend. I got some of. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah, so this year good. I'm doing rum. I got a new one, and I'm doing rum in this one. And then if the barrel holds up, I'm pulling the rum in a week. And if the barrel holds up, I'm going to do whiskey. And then if it still seems good, we're going to do a tequila mezcal blend yeah. in there. And then we're going to finish it with uh, a friend of mine grows peppers, and we're going to make a, a fermented hot sauce. And then we're going to age that for another month or two in the barrel and see nice. if we can pull some of that flavor. Lovely. And it might not work, and if it doesn't, it is what it is. Yeah. It's just, you're going to drink it anyways, I bet. Yep, and I'm going to pour it on food. It's going to be great. Uh, Let's get after it. I'm yeah. going here, okay? Yeah, I think you're kicking us off there, Mr. Awad. So, Trey, this is a, this is a softball. Where do you stand on trash TV? Do you, do you love it or hate it? Trash TV. Yeah. Uh, I would say that I hate it, but my husband would probably say I was lying. Okay. <laughs> What I I, I, I do pleasure? watch I do watch some trash TV. What what would you consider trash TV? Because I feel like maybe we might even have different definitions right. of that. Like, what um, is there a show that you're kind of embarrassed that you like? I'm not embarrassed embarrassed about it. Um, but I, I, I well, I'm sort of embarrassed a little bit. <laughs> uh, I do like last. What was I watching last night? Like um, Jerry Springer. Oh hell yeah! Because it it streams like. So there's a channel on Pluto TV. Okay. Oh, shit. Okay. And they all day long, they just play shit shows like that. Sure. It's like Jerry Springer, the Steve Wilco <laughs> show, um, 
Uh, Sally Jesse Raphael's yeah. on there. Is the oh. station called Trash TV? I forget what it's called, but it, <laughs> I, it's just all day long. It's just Jerry Springer, those whole nine, those shows that you. Oh, oh that's man. so great. You know, that's Jenny crazy. Jones, yeah. just great. Mari, oh, man. <laughs> Mari is still funny to that's me. That's definitely Trash TV. Yeah. Yeah, that goes to show that there are different So I don't watch it a lot, but, yep. but I do binge. If I do, if like I turn it on and Jerry Springer's on, yeah. I'll just leave it. I'll just let it ride. Yeah. Dude, that'd be a trip to see like 90s episodes of Jerry Springer right now. And that's well, got to be what it all is, Well, today he was actually right? still like, it wasn't like, it wasn't like, Jerry Springer, you think of? He was still actually like trying to get to the truth. Oh, so it, was like, it was like it was it was good because yeah, he, was, he wasn't, wasn't like bad. he was like a legit guy for a minute. Yeah, he wasn't always a cartoon character. Like he was a mayor, and he got, I remember he had a he had to step down from his position. I think he was the mayor of Cincinnati, yeah. and he had to step down Man. because he got busted because he wrote a check to a prostitute and the the check bounced. And so she reported it. Oh, no. <laughs> he got in trouble there. But then when he started okay. the show, like they were, they they were trying to like help yeah. people out at yeah. first, yeah. and then they saw what sells. Yeah, they had like real topics, you know. It was an actual talk show. Yeah, yeah. And then they got better ratings when things went downward. Yeah, because yeah. I remember back then it was like, I remember when it first came out, and people were like, "Will he? You know, will he?" It, it was like him and Oprah. Oh yeah, and like, okay. that fell off. Like that was the ratings <laughs> war. <laughs> I think I think we figured out who no, won that mind. one. <laughs> never mind. Never mind. Yeah, he got the money though. Like yeah, dude, there was that was like the golden era of daytime talk because there's Ricky Lake, Sally Jesse, mm-hmm. yeah. um, Jimmy Jones, Maury, uh, Geraldo. Didn't Geraldo used to yeah. do it? So it was kind of talk show. That whole thing started. Exactly. It was it was Geraldo yeah. and uh, Morton Downey Jr. Those those two dudes kind of had the first of those shows. Those sure. like those like studio audience yeah. talk yeah. show kind of thing. And then okay. Geraldo <laughs> quit his show after he got hit in the face with a chair from a KKK guy. Yeah, they had a they had a, a who? How could anybody think this would go wrong? Okay, well we know Quam's answer because he's a talk TV historian. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the episode you talked yeah. about. Yeah, we uh, oh, no, I actually I never saw that on TV. We studied that in. Poli in is, college. Is no, that like, why I pull up the clip a, on online. It's yeah, still online. Really? Is I mean, that why Geraldo's a dipshit? He's got CTE. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, From the I'm sure that's what he'll say. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was uh, you know, and then he had the he had the one where they were gonna the the live event where they were gonna look in inside Al Capone's. I remember like, that glove yeah. box or whatever or safe yeah. and it was just basically empty <laughs> so they had millions of people watching and it, there was like a piece of paper with like a manifest from a shipping order in the 30s and that yeah. was it <laughs> I, uh, I I you know I didn't even think about that side of things I, I have a mm-hmm. very huge distaste for the scripted reality shows like that started with like the OC and the Hills and mm-hmm. all that and now yeah. keeping up with the Kardashians I, I literally can't I can't do it. I, I've tried. Yeah. Uh, I, I just can't can't watch that shit. But in the same breath, I'll also say that I love the shit out of like terrible cooking shows, like competitions. Uh, like the there's a barbecue one that's on right now, Forged in Fire, the knife making competition. Okay, I absolutely love. After Jenny goes to sleep, I will just <laughs> sit and fucking watch that shit for like two hours. Sure. It's a manufactured competition, but I'll like I'll pick people that I'm like rooting for. Yeah. And there's like a judge that I fucking hate and everybody yeah. that like I get like weirdly passionate about it. And I think that's it's like the sports side of me. Yeah. Like, oh, there's a competition. Now I have to pick like who's the underdog? Who do I like? Who's the terrible person? Who do I want to root against? Who's the that's, villain? That's even more fun with a spouse because Marnie and I pick teams on Top Chef every season. 
Jenny will we follow a, me. We do a draft, like a fantasy <laughs> draft, where we take turns picking contestants. Jenny, Jenny will follow me for, like, well-done ones. Yeah. Uh, like, she's tried with a great British baking show. Okay. But... She she doesn't like how slow it is, but she loves uh, the characters a whole lot more. No one because, yelling. Yeah, there's like, no I one. Thought British people yelled, and you see Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just like the sweetest, nicest yeah, people. Everyone's so kind. Uh, and and Top Chef. I mean, shit. Like yeah. we've had friends on three different seasons. Like it's sure. really cool to actually be able to cheer for somebody that you know and that you love. Uh, and also, those programs are like high quality, well produced yeah. television. Those aren't trash TV. No. But like worst chefs are like most of what's on Food Network right now. Ugh qualifies as trash tea. Yeah. I mean, you know, all it took was diners, drive-ins and dives. And the fact that like now there's like seven different knockoffs of that in every genre where it's like, watch me go in and shout a couple catchphrases as I eat all your food. And then I leave. Like, I just wish there was more. I mean, I know it would never sell, but I wish there was more about the chefs themselves. And there was more about like what it took to build the business instead of everybody just thinking that like, Oh yeah, well I just got bored one day and I, I opened this thing. Like, it is a fucking haul. It is a slog to open yeah. a restaurant, to run a yeah. restaurant, to do anything in yeah. the culinary field. And when you breeze over all that, like the movie Chef, some of the best food porn I've ever seen, but it made it seem like tomorrow we could just go buy a truck and start a food truck. You could park it anywhere and sell your food. Like, fuck, guys. Come yeah. on, man. Yeah. Let people know that it's actually like how much work goes into that. Almost all film about the the like restaurateur or chef experience is awful. Yeah. It's like, that's one of the best ones. So that says yeah. a lot that yeah. it's still not that yeah. good. I, you know, I've never, I've never watched top chef or any of those shows. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the last kind of cooking competition show I watched was, uh, iron chef. Oh yeah. And I always loved the original iron chef. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, like the, the real you. Iron Chef, not the real, but the original. Yeah, yeah. And then I did like love Iron Chef America too, and that I I never really kind of got into like Top Chef and Master Chef, and um, <clears throat> not for any reason. Yeah, I sure. just I got really turned off on like Food Network. Like, yeah, and, yeah. And I know these shows aren't on Food Network, but I just was so turned off by the whole <clears throat> competition of chefs that I just was like, you know. I, I don't know. I'm just a restaurant guy. Like, I love those kind of chefs, so it's hard for me to watch. Well, it's also, I, and, and I'm not trying to speak for you, but as we both love to cook, right? Yeah. And I think also part of it is that, like, the shit that they're grading people on would never happen in real life. Yeah. You know, you'd never have to make, like, a deconstructed crudo in 30 minutes with one eye patch on yeah. and a hand tied behind your back. Like, if it was just about the food, I think it's easier for me to fall in love with it. And it just happened to be, I didn't get into Top Chef until the fifth season. And it was, it was a friend of mine was on there. And so I watched some of the shows. Well, I mean, I, I watched like Justin on, Justin uh, Sutherland was on um, Iron Chef with Brandon. Randall. Oh, yeah, when they were on. And yeah. of course, me and Brandon are, you know, we, we came up together. So Hell yeah. I oh, watched cool. those guys. Yeah. But I'm saying besides that, like, I don't just sit down and watch it. Sure. Yeah, it's not for everyone. I'm blanking on his name, the the host from the original Iron Chef. Oh. That yeah, dude. He's, I, I, I would watch anything that he does. For sure, that guy I have, rules. I, don't I have know, a I don't hard man crush on him, man. That like, show, dude, the original Iron Chef was the most regal cooking competition ever. It absolutely. was like Hiroki Sakai and Masahara Morimoto. They yeah. were, it was like they were cooking for Chinese emperors. Yeah. Like it was so, the pageantry of it yeah. blew me away. The U.S. one is good, but that yeah. one, you cannot, comp- like, if you go back and watch that shit, yeah. you're like, yeah. how did he get a 13-foot-long fish yeah. and then wrap it around yeah. the whole dinner table? Like, That's the yeah. only, I 
think that's the only cooking show that I can say I will watch reruns over and over and oh, over again. Sure, the original yeah. Iron Chef, the mastery that goes on yep. on that show. It, it's art. It's yep. literally watching Absolutely. like a world-class artist yep. paint something in front of you. They, right? are, they very much are behaving as though they're cooking meals for kings and emperors. Yeah. It's so just it's so regal and and awe-inspiring yeah that shows that's like the pinnacle of uh a cooking competition show to me for sure and like technique if you want to know technique it's just it's pure technique on that show and it's just uh it's awesome to watch that kind of stuff i changed how i hold a chef knife from watching morimoto yeah, like it literally changed how I actually cut things just because it was so fucking cool watching yeah. him do it. I'm like, well, if he doesn't, what about you, Charles? And and last point on that is, I remember when Bobby Flay jumped on the counter, and it was like he could not have done a more rude thing, and they fucking hated him for it until he came back. It was like a pro wrestling thing. Like they're like, dude, you can't jump on the counter. <laughs> he turned That's so heel. disrespectful. <laughs> yeah, he turned heel right on the show. That was fucking awesome. Uh, for me, no, yeah, I love. I'm unabashed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talk about it on this program a lot. I'm unabashed about the shit that I like. I like things that are that a lot of people like or that are critically acclaimed. But I also like a lot of stuff that is terrible, and uh, I'm okay with that. But I love trash TV. I watch a lot of shitty dating shows. I used to watch a lot of um, like Bachelor and Bachelorette with my brother Tony, but we stopped doing that a few years ago. But on Netflix now, there's a new shitty dating show every month, and I watch all of them. That's great. They're so great. <laughs> it's it's very much like a. It's a social experiment, just seeing the way people behave together. The funny thing is they did one recently where, like, the whole thing was, like, you can't fuck. If, if you do, we'll take money out of the pot. I forget the name of it. <laughs> did you guys see this? No. It, was a bunch of, it was a bunch of, like, uh, quote-unquote, really dumb, attractive people. And, and the whole premise was, like, if you do anything physical with one another, we take money out of the pot, but whatever's left, you guys get to split at the end. And so it was a social experiment. They were, like... These guys are too dumb. Can you guys not fuck for money? Exactly. And then they like put them into these awkward situations where they're essentially like, hey, you're on camera. Can you actually not do it? Because people people will think you look cool if if you manage to have sex with this dude or whatever. And uh, I ended up actually being endeared to most of the people on the show by the end. That's amazing. Like, hey, these people actually these these people there's more subs it's there's more substance to these people than what they wanted you to believe at the beginning of the show. And I never would have thought that when I started watching it. I was like, can't wait to see these idiots lose all this money. <laughs> but by the 10th episode, I'm like, oh, man, Steve's really nice. Like, <laughs> he deserves to find a good girl. Man, what an odd premise. I don't know how I missed that. That, that seems like I would have I at least tried to hate watch it. You, you know? should do yeah, it. You yeah, should watch I it. would have to. That would have to be. I, I, yeah, I don't. Those kind of shows like Temptation Island and. Ugh. Remember singled out? Oh my back god! In the yeah. day. The, what what gave us yeah. Jenny McCarthy? Isn't that where she came from? Singled out? Yeah, yeah I think so. It was her and, and Chris Hardwick. Oh yeah. A show on Netflix where they can't do sex. Can't, can't do, do sex. sex. <laughs> oh, too hot to handle. It popped oh, up right yeah. away. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> my search term was effective. Perfect too title. I really want. Thirty-seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So I want it to be with the, the numeral too, though. Like too hot to handle. Like the like sequel, fast probably. and furious. So thirty-seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes, but seventy-six percent of Google users like the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh did it, did it like come out during quarantine though? Yeah, that, yeah. that's different because that like amplified it. Yeah, it made yeah. it. You know, yeah, well, it's Tiger King. Who didn't watch fucking Tiger King? Yeah. That's trash TV. Let's right. be fair. That was. Trash and then TV. Uh, you know, I t- I told we brought this up previously on the on the pod. I watched Ninety Day Fiance with Marnie. Like we love that show, and that's so I agree with you on the fake uh, reality show because you can always tell. Mm-hmm. 
with that show, everything that's happening, like it's, it's clearly real scenarios, but you can tell the producers are like, Hey, ask them, ask them if they're here for the green card. So that part bothers me, but it's still mostly real experiences. Mm-hmm. And, uh, th- th- it's the further along they get, the trashier the show is. And I think it's cause they know that those are the ratings. That that's what's going to sell. Right. Yeah. Like this season, total fucking shit show. We just call it 90 day shit show. So, like you want to watch 90 day shit show. <laughs> so I, not knowing the premise of that show, is that like a, like a mail order situation? Like you get no, an arranged well, marriage? It, there, the situations vary uh, considerably, but what it is is the K-1 visa process. If you met someone when you were overseas or you met them online, what have you, um, you can bring them, you can get a K-1 visa and that means that they can come over to the United States uh, and you have to marry them within 90 days or they have to go back. And if they go back, you can't get another K-1 visa. So essentially they have 90 days to get married. That's wild. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it, like, hmm. at its base, it's sort of an interesting premise because it's a real thing that people go through every day. But like I said, the newer the season is, like, the shittier the people are. So, I, you know, the, the, the visa side of it and the online dating thing I hadn't really mm-hmm. thought about. But absolutely, I could see you meeting somebody from another country and you kind of, you know, over a few years. I, I just assumed it was like a, here's five women, pick one, and you have no. 90 days. No, it's not quite that scandalous. <laughs> well, I, I kind of feel bad for the person that's coming from another country. And what if you don't get picked? <laughs> right. Like, well, yeah, that's kind of shitty. There's there are occasionally instances. So what's weird is the TV show itself. I think because it's a TV show, often harpoons people into getting married even if it's not working because they're they know they're on TV and they don't want to look bad. Yeah. There's a lot of times where you're like, "Go home, <laughs> you're from France." Like we, I've mentioned yeah. that on the last yeah. episode. But uh, there are instances where like it doesn't work out, and then the other person's like, "I'm just gonna dip. I'm just gonna get out of here." But almost every case, the person stays and they get married. Wow. But then if you like look up where those people are now and they do a lot of follow-up shows, tons of them break up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> that's awesome. Well, uh, should we do another shot here? Yeah. All right. A little whiskey for your whistle. I said that in cowboy bleeding font. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Sorry, bleeding cowboy font. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right. Now, obviously, chefing for the Timberwolves and doing some stuff on the side, you've had plenty of interactions with the athletes themselves. Uh, Charles, uh, through life and through work with Shinders, had the same thing, and I spent you know, 15, 20 years in, in nightclubs. Is there, and this could be funny, this could be kind this could be hilariously awful is there a story an interaction with any of them that comes to mind that you just love to tell like some sort of interaction with with any of the athletes that you know i you know i wouldn't say it was funny i just thought it was kind of odd so it was um what's his name uh wiggins andrew andrew wiggins Wiggins. so Mm -hmm. um there was a game last season um that that it was early in the season um, I say last season. Is it last season? Yeah. You got, Not yeah. the bubble season. Was so, it bubble season? Well, no, yeah, it was a bubble season. Mm-hmm. But just mm-hmm. the first half of it. Yeah. Right, where he was still here. And, and um, he, like, I don't remember if you guys remember this game, but in the third quarter he hit, like, seven threes or yeah. something. Some ridiculous amount of threes. Um, and so when the game was over, they ended up winning the game. And I'm going on the dock where the players go to the locker room. And he's just kind of sitting by himself in a chair. Like, there's all the buses and stuff in there. Everybody's walking around. And he's just sitting by himself in a chair with his phone like a kid. Just, like, on his phone. 
It just seemed like it just seemed very odd because he he was like the you know he was like the boss of the game. Yeah, and and he it didn't seem just that impressive to him. And I walked past and said congratulations, and he's just like. Mm. Because <laughs> he, like he is a kid. Yeah, yeah I guess he is like, a kid, but he's like, hey man, I don't know. That, I just thought Fruit it was ninja. Like I, I, I was like super hyped for them because I'm like, you know, it's a big deal for them to be winning games. Yeah, last right. year. Well, and especially and, for the struggles that he had to yeah. like to see the flashes of what we had all hoped he yeah. was going to turn into. And I, you know, I remember like sports media the next day. Everybody's like, we finally seen him. He's finally unleashed himself, yeah. and it, it didn't quite work. But yeah, out it was just way. like there was no like there was nothing like. There, like no emotion, no like, yeah, yeah, you know, you're just, just like, okay, just so, another day, bye, <laughs> done <laughs> with that. That's almost sort of like a window into the fact that they're also ordinary people when they're not yeah. in athlete mode. You know what I mean? It's yeah, but it was like, it was like whatever. right after the game. Like yeah. it wasn't like I'm, I played sports in high school and I had adrenaline after the game. Yeah. Like with your boys, you just geeked, you yep. know, when you win a game, just hugging, high fiving. He was just like by himself, and it was like right. a stool too. So his legs weren't on the floor. It was <laughs> oh, just the whole It was just the whole night. The whole thing just threw me off. That's like, yeah, hey, then just, maybe maybe what that is actually is a window into the fact that like he's that's what he's missing is he's not a gamer. Yeah, when yeah. you see Ant play, that kid is a gamer. He's yeah. not scared oh, of anybody. A beast, and it's it's. So incredible to see. That's the antithesis of what uh, Wiggins was. And, you know, I liked Wiggins probably more than most while he was here. I was just waiting for him to find that sixth gear, and he never found it. But that's the difference between him and Ant. Yeah. Ant is a monster. Like, he, he wants to go to the rim. He doesn't care who's standing in front of him. Yeah. He's yeah. not scared of anybody. Yeah. And that's, those are, that's that extra gear. That's that sixth gear that Wiggins yeah. doesn't have. But that's kind of funny because he was probably just like, he might look at basketball like a job where some yeah. guys look yeah. at it as, like, their life. Yeah, yeah. I Yeah, I like, it's just a bummer because I think that that is probably going to be what his legacy is. And I'm sure, like, I've I've met him twice. He's a very nice guy. Yeah, he is a He's nice guy. incredibly, he's just a, a humble, chill dude. Yep. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it may just be that he happened to be really good at something, but if that passion isn't there, you're not going to give up your body. I mean, you know, how many athletes have we seen that have trouble walking at 50 because they get they put it on the line every night in their 20s? Yeah, sure. And sure. you know, maybe he gets to have just a really chill, cool life for the rest of his well, life. I mean, and he's guys, still he's still young too. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. Who knows what what'll spark him in the you know? It's very and true. there's there's nothing wrong with a a guy like that. You know, he's a number one pick. There's nothing wrong with a kid like that having a long. Uh, successful highly paid career where they're not the guy where they're like a high you know highly drafted players like Corey Brewer or Juwan Howard ended mm-hmm. up just being like very good role players mentors uh you yeah. know good like three four five options mm-hmm. or sixth men he could still carve out a long career and be a pretty good player but he's not the guy we know that now he's not the guy yeah. he's never going to be the guy but I think if you're like a Timberwolves team and you're you have this money tied up in this guy you you want you, you got to do some you got to be you know more yep. yeah so I think um, I get what you're saying but you know you got to play like you get paid you know for sure that's so, it no absolutely agreed we're in that weird situation where we're a city that, you know in Minnesota here like one of the top hockey towns in the world in the country especially in the NHL is. Mm-hmm. St. Paul, yeah. Minnesota. If if you want to go to, it's funny because if you read like the trade wire, waiver wire, like regarding um, hockey players, and it says he wants to play in a big market, they mean 
places like Minnesota, yep. right? That's not the case no. in basketball. Mm-hmm. It's sort of the case. Like football, you know, Vikes have a long and storied history. We got a great stadium, great ownership, uh, uh, good coach, good GM. So we're a team that a lot of players will consider. Basketball? Fuck no. Mm-mm. There's like, it's all, I did a breakdown with some friends. It's all coastal teams, man. Everyone wants to play in, you know, Miami, L.A. Nobody wants to go inland. Mm-mm. Nobody wants to come here. And that's why sometimes guys like Wiggins end up getting the the max yeah like hey at least we have to gamble on him because no one else is coming here and then we made a bad gamble and then we made it we were able to trade him away and then might have to give up next year's pick and one of the most loaded drafts of all time uh. <laughs> let's not turn this into Wolfstock but, <laughs> but one more thing about the Wolfstock that's why we gave I was really like I was really like hoping they would go with Mello yeah mm. but now I'm happy that they didn't really. I think Edwards is just wrecking shit. Like Absolutely, he's, man. Dude. He's a beast right now. So. And yeah. he's so young. You yeah, know, like yeah. he just yeah. turned 20 or is about to turn 20. Yeah. Like think he's, about where that dude's baby. game is yeah. going to be when he's 23 yeah. or 24. Yeah. There's like watching his face when he decides oh, he's going to the rim. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, uh, he's also like gregarious and funny as fuck. Yeah. Like, yeah. When yeah. you listen to his interviews and stuff, <laughs> yeah. there was one where there was like an Irish reporter yeah, talking to him. He's like, "I love your accent. Like, do it again." Oh, yeah, like, yeah, say that. Yeah. <laughs> he's so cool. She, she asked a question, and oh, he said, "He okay, said, I'm really sorry. Lady. You have to ask me that question again because I was yeah. too busy thinking about how cool your accent yeah. is." Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. That's fucking great. Yeah, he's got it. He's got that extra gear yeah. and and the personality, and you can tell that. That's the weird thing when you got someone that young. When you got an athlete that young, you got to make sure to feed him. But yeah. you have to make sure that they're, run, they're learning fundamentals, too. Yep. Yep. But if you look at his, his plus ratings recently, he's figuring it out Dude. real fast. He's going to be scary. Ugh. And I also feel like he excites the rest of the team. Yeah. yeah. Like, everybody's excited to play with him. How could you not want to? Yeah, I we know. had no energy before. Uh-uh. You know, like, we had a lot of – I don't want to say low energy, guys. That's, that's disingenuous about, like, elite athletes. But just, like, the guy who's, like, shaking everyone by their shoulders and getting them amped up. We haven't yeah. had a guy like that Ooh. since KG. Mm-hmm. KG was the last guy that would be like, get the fuck up off the stool, quit dangling mm-hmm. your legs yeah. and playing, yeah. you know, fruit you do What about you, Charles? Uh, man, I got a, I, I got a lot of stories, including some, like, I wanted to tell this one story about an athlete that I got hammered with in Chicago, but I'm not going to do it because I don't know if you'd want me to tell the story. <laughs> All right. And, uh, you know, he's a multi-time All-Pro and uh, Super Bowl champion. So <laughs> no, he won't maybe, care. He won't care. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll lean off that one. Um, I got, a lot, of, I got a, a lot of good and funny stories. Uh, one time, I'll tell, okay, this is a real quick one. When I was, like, 13, walking in the Mall of America at the new movie theater with my buddy Adam that I grew up with, we ran into Tom Gugliata in Cherokee Parks. Oh. And we talked to Tom Gugliata for, like, 10 minutes and, like, didn't even look at Cherokee Parks. <laughs> and he was, like, kind of, like, shuffling his feet and, like, looking down. Like, he was mad a couple of 13-year-olds didn't want to talk to him. And I'll never forget that because it was just, like, Okay, he was he was probably like in his mid twenties sure. when he was playing for us, so he was probably like, "Oh, how come these kids don't want to talk to me in Cherokee <laughs> Parks?" And we just totally ignored him. Dude, Googs had Googs had the best dad ball game I've ever oh, seen. Like that dude, all man, fundamentals, all fundamentals, yeah, all rebounding, boss. all grit, <laughs> two hand dunk every time. Just oh man, I loved watching him play because he just he, his game was so different from everybody else out there. But he still could light people up, you know. Sure. <laughs> so I'll, I'll say this one because I've met a lot of athletes in uh, professional environments and scenarios when I, did, when I went to trade shows and stuff for Shinders and we did signings at the stores like Phil Hillmuth is a huge dick, the poker player. <laughs> <laughs> Not surprised. Yeah. Uh, but 
perhaps my favorite thing is uh, encountering athletes just sort of naturally. And when I was stationed at the uh, Roseville Shinders, Carl Eller would come in all the time wearing his newsy cap. And he'd buy, he'd always come in and buy a hundred grand bar, the candy bar, the name of which I always forget. Like every time I tell, I tell someone about this, I'm like, uh, 2,500 grand, 500 grand. <laughs> like I always fucking forget, but I looked it up before the show guys, I got it. <laughs> so he'd come in and he'd buy one of those ring up and then just walk around reading magazines. And it was just like this fucking God among men, this pro bowl, all pro hall of fame defensive end. From the Purple People Eaters, one of the greatest uh, edge rushers of all time, just chilling, reading uh, Auto Trader and eating a candy bar. God, I love and that. he was just like super chill, down to earth. He just chat with you, you know. We wouldn't even talk about football, just talk about the weather or whatever. <laughs> and I just remember how cool that was. Just like I was in awe of him being, you know, nineteen, seventeen mm-hmm. in that range uh, when I started out there, and I was like clerking and seeing Carl Eller just casually walking around reading magazines eating a candy bar and i just come chat him up like hey how you doing like what's new that's so like, great. oh the weather's beautiful it's, yeah i i love that and that's like uh i i kind of hold that near and dear that like for I sure to have some uh casual that's that's like the super uh, uh informal experience that is is nice to have with just like everyday people yeah. Yeah. to have that with someone who's a fucking living legend, a legend yeah and for me as a teenager that was like I tell, I'd go home and tell my roommates, like, yeah, I talked to Carl Eller about this incoming uh, storm front tomorrow. Like, what? Who gives a shit? <laughs> but it was Carl Eller, guys. Yeah, yeah. okay, I guess. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, um, I spent the 2011-2012 season as, like, the in-arena announcer for the Wolves. Oh, okay. And I remember, I just thought it was such a fun thing to look behind the curtain. I mean, that was a terrible team. We had, like, 14 wins that year. Mm. That was when Ricky blew out his knee and the whole team just kind of fell apart. And I was just blown away at, like, how fun they were before the game, getting ready, just, like, fucking around. Mm-hmm. J.J. Berea is one of the funniest dudes I've ever met. He always found a way to accidentally throw a ball at me while I was doing the, the stat rundown from the night before. And uh, it was just it was cool seeing all those guys. But when I was thinking about this question, uh, the story that I love thinking about that makes me laugh the most was the first time I met Kevin Garnett. It was a Halloween party at Spin Nightclub. And I was dressed as Will Ferrell's version of Robert Goulet. So I had a, I had a mustache, a, like a theater-grade mustache, a perfect, like, slicked comb-over. I was in an orange turtleneck and a black sport coat. And I had a plastic martini glass that I was pouring Miller Lite into. Oh. And I was walking around going... I don't know if you've had any of these, but the kids call it a Millertini. Da da dee, da da do. And I turned around, and here's KG just walking right past me. I know what he said. And he stops, he looks me up and down, and he goes, White people. And he just put his hand on my shoulder and walked right past. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was like, I can't tell if I disappointed him or if I thoroughly entertained no, him, good. but either way, it was yeah, worth it. Probably both. It's yeah, probably a little, little bit, bit of both. Trust little column A, little column B. You did tell that story before on the podcast. Oh, did I? Yeah. Well, anyway, the, uh, the, the, the actual one it's that funny, I. funny, though. When you said Carl Eller, what made me think of it yeah. was uh, um, I, I got a night at Urban Wildlife with, with Jim Marshall, just me and him sitting at the bar. And at one point, he told the bartender I wasn't allowed to pay for anything anymore. And he goes, you want to just hang out? 
I was like, sure. We talked about music. We talked about football back in the day. He broke down like how hard it is for him to get up in the morning and like what he has to do and how he still feels like it was worth it. But like he looks at Alan Page, who was the sitting Supreme or Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, yeah. and he's like, and I'm just chilling at Urban Wildlife. But you know what? I've had a pretty good life. And I looked down, and three and a half hours had gone by. Mm-hmm. I was absolutely hammered because he was taking shots of yeah. absolute citron yep. and just gave me one <laughs> every time, and I also had a beer going. Right. But I just felt like I got, like yeah. you said, like I got a moment with a guy with his guard down, not trying to show off, yeah. not trying to put any grandeur into it. Yeah. He just wanted to like have somebody that wanted to bullshit with him yeah. who knew enough about sports that yeah. he could talk about football and it was cool. And I will never forget that. I've, I've seen him a couple times since then, and of course he doesn't remember me. But uh, I'll, I'll always have that, because that was somebody that I idolized. And it's really cool just to realize, to remind yourself that they're all just humans. Yeah. Everybody, we're all the same yeah. people. Yeah. We all just want a little connection. We want a little bit of love. And I, I fucking love that, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, eating a you know candy bar, Yeah, uh, drinking a drinking some absolute citron at a bar or playing Fruit Ninja on a stool with your legs. Yeah, down. whatever you're doing. Whatever. <laughs> whatever you're doing, man. I would do all three of those things. So I feel yeah. like that's pretty cool and pretty Sometimes normal. Sometimes at the same time. Yeah. Uh, all right. Dare we? Hey. Cheers. Boom. Yes. Ooh. Number three. Oh, I love this. So this is a party people question, Trey. Oh, right. Uh, it's sort of two parts. How early or late are you to parties? And do you, I will say, still pull all-nighters, or do you dip out with an Irish goodbye? And the reason I say do you still pull all-nighters is because one of the reasons you're on this program is because uh, Cameron Bourne said that you're a good time and you like to have a couple of drinks. Oh. <laughs> Whoa. Holy shit. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Fucking Cameron. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm not gonna tell. I'm not gonna tell our me and Cameron stories. Oh, um, shit. Why not? Yeah, no, throw, throw I, one I, good no, one out there. Hell no. You listen, so for better or worse. No, I, I cannot do it. No, no. Um, I, you know, um, these days I am not an all nighter. Like I, honestly, I'm in bed by like nine. Yeah. You know? Um, unless you know, um. Unless I'm at, um, unless I'm with the guys, so if, if I'm with my buddies and um, one of my good friends, Adam, um, he has a cabin up in Gordon, Wisconsin, and so we go up there and go fishing and you know shooting guns and stuff. If we're all up there together, then we'll stay up all night, just <laughs> shit yeah. around the bonfire shit. all night. Like it, before we know it, it's like sun's coming up, you know. Which is the best shit in the world. Absolutely. Yeah. Best thing ever. Um, but uh, besides that, if I'm just at home, like, and I have people over, you know, it's generally people are dipping out by, like, 10. Because I'm doing one of those. Do that people do things. The, uh, like, what y'all about to get into? <laughs> <laughs> did, uh, how, how long have you been with your husband? Uh, we're uh, 18 years. Did, did it, was there a change, like, when that relationship got serious? Because, like. I feel like I'm I'm I was I was different partly because I was younger, but also partly because I got <laughs> I got married. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, she was. Well, anyway, sorry. I just ran out of steam. Like, yeah. I, you know, yeah. it wasn't really about him because you know, Peppy doesn't drink. He doesn't you know do anything. So, um, 
there wasn't a, you know, he wouldn't participate in a lot of the functions anyway. Sure. So you know, if it was just kind of me and the boys, it was just me and the boys. Like he, he'd be in bed because different don't, dynamic. He doesn't drink, so um, so th- that really had nothing to do with him. It was just kind of like us getting older and like, mm-hmm. dude, like, damn, it's ten o'clock, man. What what what's going on? <laughs> you know, which kind of sucks, man, because I just I just miss those days where we can you know kick it till three or four. But those are yeah. you know few and far between. You know, they're probably three or four times a year yeah. versus every weekend, you know, like we used to do it. So three or four times a year is still a lot for a lot of people. Well, I mean, you know, if you're, if you're up North three or four times a year, that's, sure. that's, oh, yeah. that's, that's perfect. That's good. Maximizing it, 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 on that. Time. It may not even be like every night that you're up there. It's like yeah. the first night you're up there. Sure. Everybody's excited to see each other. Yep. But then the second night, everybody's like, all right, man, I'm going to bed. You <laughs> exactly. know? So, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. So, do you, uh, it, when you show up to like a birthday party at a bar, are you early or fashionably late? Um, I would probably say I'm usually on time. Okay. Like, sure. I don't get there early. Um, and I try not to get there late just because I think it's disrespectful to the people who invite you to come late. But um, I do, I don't generally stay till the end. Sure. I like one of those people to just like. Oh. Do you go around and do the Minnesota goodbye, or do you just like? Bounce? I'm not from Minnesota, so no. <laughs> like I, you know, what's what the I, Chicago goodbye? Yeah. Then? Well, the last the person that saw me saw me. Yeah. That's it. Someone saw you leave. Someone saw me leave. Just in case. Yeah. There, there are but, questions. No, I'll go to the host and say, "Hey, man, I'm dipping," but yeah. I'm not going to oh, go yeah. around to everybody it's a good way to do and be it. like, "Hey, I'm out." You know, For I'll sure. just say, "Happy birthday" to the host one more time, and then go. Yeah. Yeah. That's the governor goodbye. Yeah. The, if you feel like you need to shake every hand, including people you didn't talk to at all, yeah. like, yes, have a good night. I am leaving. <laughs> just, just so you know, so you I know, know you've been watching me. <laughs> Man, I, uh, it depends on if I'm bringing something. Like, if I have to bring food, yeah. I will always be either early or on time because if they're depending on the food dish, I, I don't want to be late with that. Let's say that notwithstanding. Like, you're just no, showing I'm, up to you. Yeah, because uh, yeah, like that's my question, my answer. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like you showed up with, like, a gift. You come yeah. to my birthday, I put you in the board, rest in peace, with, a, I'll, you know, I'll, a bottle I'll, of you really know, expensive whiskey. I'll be a little late. <laughs> you know <laughs> me. I'm always going to be a little late. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll fully intend the entire day to Same be there rules. on time. Yeah. <laughs> But, like, something's going to happen. I'm going to get, uh, get rained know, on. The ADD will kick in. Like, something's just going to hit. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I'll lose 10 or 15 minutes and boom. Okay. Uh, but then, oof, it depends. Really, for me, it depends on if my wife is there. Like, yeah. when Jenny's done, she's done. She's an uh, extroverted introvert. Mm-hmm. So, it's a, it, she can be the bell of the ball in the life of the party. Yeah. But it takes a lot out of her. Like she's, she's, it literally saps energy where I feel like I get more and more from the people that I'm around. So if we're together, uh, what we figured out is I do the Minnesota goodbye. I I say bye to everybody, but I'll start like an hour before and I'll just start. You kind of have to, it's so exhausting. Yeah. And that way I feel like I can kind of get around. uh, And then, or if we're going to Irish goodbye, I will always pick one or two witnesses. And I'll be like, hey, real quick, we yeah. got to get the fuck out of here. Uh, I'm, they're having a good time, so I'm not trying to fuck with that. But yeah. we're, we're going to go. And then I know for one of those two people will stick around long enough that when somebody's like, where the fuck did Quam go? I'm like, oh, no, he knows. Yeah. <laughs> They'll tell yeah. him. But if it's just me, there is still that 25-year-old DJ yeah. stayed up till 6 a.m. inside yeah. of me. And uh, in, in the bridge of my favorite Killers song, there's a line that Brandon Flowers says uh, – but I got a tendency to slip when the nights get wild. And that's 
every now and then yeah. it's like a, oh my god i'll look at my phone or my phone and it's 4 30 in the morning and yeah. like oh my god i gotta get the fuck out of here yeah that happens to me and i, I honestly i still love that feeling yep. i love when i didn't notice that oh my god is that the sun coming up yeah but what i do hate is that now that's way more taxing i used yep. to be able to get up the next day go grab some brunch and then go now, if I do that, my next day is shot. Yeah. Like, I got to do yeah. it on a Saturday and hope that it's a football Sunday so I can chill in the basement and watch football. So it's going to be a that. worthwhile occasion. Yeah. So I'm kind of, I'm on your train yeah, train yeah. where it's like three to four times a year, something wild will happen and we'll do that. Like, a, a friend of mine wanted to watch a concert online. And so I went over to their place and we started talking after the show was done. And all of a sudden, Jenny got up to pee in the middle of the night. She's like, are you coming home? And I looked, I'm like, oh my God, it's 3.30. Yeah. But we were like, we weren't getting wild. Right. Like we were drinking chilling, wine and yeah. bullshitting, but yeah. it was, it was a conversation that we hadn't been able to have. We were roommates for seven and a half years. Yeah. And that was like, I love that. But I was a pile of shit. And, the and that's, that's the best. Not like, not like getting shit faced. Yeah. Just vibing. Yep. Like vibe until four in the morning. That's the best way to that's put it. It's just so cool still yep. to do, be still. Cause we all are like, me and my buddies are all chefs. So all of us all have the same shit that we vibe on. And yeah. so, like, we don't get together that much, but when we get together and just vibe for a day, it's just the best thing yeah. that you could ask for. You like, know? I always feel like, like my heart, like the Grinch, like my heart is just growing bigger <laughs> yeah. when you're sitting around yeah. having that conversation. So great, man. What about you, Charles? Like, we, we haven't, surprisingly, for the amount of time that we've known each other and drank together, we have not really had a rager no, I mean, you've been at my house pretty late for, like, a UFC or something. Yeah. We're just kind of, like, chilling. Yep. Um, I think my first, the first part of the answer informs the second part of the answer, and it's, I, I like to show up on time. You want to show up early because you look dumb as hell sitting at the table by yourself with, like, a glittery wine bag? <laughs> and you're sitting in the corner and shit, like, looking like Andrew Wiggins, just playing on your phone. Oh, shit. Trying to find things to look at. Yeah. Like. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just, just kind of chilling in the corner by yourself. Yep. Uh, nobody wants to do that. But I like to show up on time because I like to maximize the amount of time I spend with my people. I think, especially, I think a lot of people maybe will adopt that point of view now because this last year we haven't been able to spend time with our folks. Mm -hmm. So like, I think more people are going to look at it like, yeah, I need, I need to spend as much time as possible. But traditionally for me, I want to show up. You know, the party starts at 8. I'm there at like 8.01. Eight yeah. You know, mm -hmm. I'm standing at the bar. I got, I'm like, oh, there's, the, there's the, the birthday boy. I got your drink right here, baby. Boom. Like, yeah. I'll buy you your first drink. I'll buy you your last drink. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is I need to, I brought it up before on the podcast, but for the uninitiated, I need to be put to bed. Like, I, even to this day, I'm not going to be the one who's like, it's, the party's over. Some, you guys got to go home. You got to go to sleep. I'll, I'll hang until someone else is like, well, I got to go. That's like, I would say that's like 95% of the time. Sometimes it's a fight night, and I've been casually drinking beers, and I'm just getting more tired and yeah. more drunk. Yeah. And yeah, I'm like, sure. you know, my buddy Andy, all good. Love you, Andy. Sometimes. Hello. We'll, just, we'll be watching, like, the press conference, and then the press conference is over, and then we throw on Twitch or something, and I'm done drinking, and I'm like, yeah, man, I'm a, I'm a check out. But if it's, like, a party, like, if, we're, if there's a bonfire and I'm cooking, like, especially at my house, first of all, I take it as a badge of honor. If people stay at my house, to my parties at my house, till like, 4.30 in the morning. Hell yeah. No, I'm not going to sleep. This is I'm almost proving a point at this yeah, at this point. Yeah. Like, yeah, this shit's good. You guys are still hanging. There's nine people in my yard. It's 4:30 a.m. But also because I I don't think that'll ever go away from my personality. That I never want the good times to end. Yeah. yeah. Especially because man, it's 
I know it's been fleeting because of recent occurrences, but also even prior to that, you know, I'm 39, 39 and a half years old now. It's pretty rare that you get a bunch of your friends to be like, dude, I brought a bottle. I took an Uber. Mm -hmm. We're going to hang out until we're not hanging out anymore. For me, that's like a kid in the liquor store. I'm like, yes, like, <laughs> let's go. I'm, you know, let's talk about some weird shit. Yeah. Let's get super you know, drunk. Yeah. You know, I, I love that. And I'll, I'll always love that. And I guess now that we're getting out of this thing, fingers crossed, we'll see if that's still like, if I can still put my feet to the fire when it comes to that. But I, I can't wait. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Even like little yeah. shit, like yeah. one of your boys comes over, can stand in your kitchen while you got music playing and all the sound speakers and you're drinking a bottle of bourbon and kicking it until five in the morning. I light a cigar in the kitchen, even though I only do that like once a year. You know, those days, like, I just want one of those. Yeah. Can I have just one of those? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, hope, I hope it happens for us. Like, coming this fall, <laughs> two dudes at 4 a.m. trying to make a podcast happen. Like, literally, it was just like, I got the mics. Hold on. Here we go. Let's, yeah. let's do this. Impromptu, like, end of night. Just started at the sunrise edition. Question one. <laughs> what fucking star is that one? <laughs> I can't see. <laughs> well, speaking of that, dare we raise a glass? Hey. Here's to uh, boys getting together, man. Yeah, yeah, man. Long nights, long nights with good people. Yeah, that's it. Before I ask my question, Trey, where where up north is like up north for you? Is there a spot that you guys always go to, or yeah, is it Wisconsin? Just... You said somewhere in Wisconsin. Um, so for my where my buddy's cabin is mm-hmm. is Gordon, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. So that's you know for sure. Where we go, um, I go forging a lot. So up north for me is Boundary Waters. Yeah, you know, nice. Way up. Cool. Yeah, I, I just love that. I love, like, just about everybody that I know that's lived in Minnesota for more than 10 years hasn't, like, it's always up north. Yeah. But everybody has, like, a different spot. You get them yeah. talking about it, and it's, like, yeah. it's like a, a part of their heart. And I love that they're all kind of in that same sort of longitude, but it's not, or would that be, that would be latitude. Uh, but it's never, it's rarely the same place. Yeah. It's everybody has their own little like spot, their, their memory maker, their honey hole, whatever it may be. Yeah. And I, I, I love, I, I, I didn't learn until I was in my twenties that not everybody has that. Yeah. Like if yeah. you live in other regions of our own country, there's not an up North. Like, so I, you know, my growing up in Chicago, but next to us is Michigan. Mm-hmm. So I had, we moved to Michigan after a while and then, um, we had the UP. So I would go up North. Big time yeah. quite a bit, and, stuff, and yeah. you know, with my buddies and their dad would take us bear hunting, and Man, it's a whole different world up there. Yards. That's 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 not even up north here. That's no, something different. That's something completely yeah. different. That's great. I, 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 I learned to ski up there, and yeah. like hanging out with people and like talking to people. I was like, oh, those wow. are like people who never come down. Yeah, that's like it's it's <laughs> that's basically a, it's like it's we annexed own it. Weird little country. Yeah, it is. Oh, we yeah. annexed it from Canada, but they're all still Canadians. Yeah, I don't know. Just, it's crazy. Seriously. Yeah, no, it's the it's the in between, yeah. go between, <laughs> go between. <laughs> crazy. No, and there's something to be said, Trey, for the I, the idea that like that that same vibe, but for cabins is a totally different vibe. Like all nighters yeah. at a cabin, it's just it's way different than like ripping one up at Grumpy's and then after yep. partying at my yep. house. Yep. If you go to you go to the cabin, that's like you're you are no matter where it is, yeah. you're transported yeah. to a different universe. Correct. That's the cabin universe. No that's, rules and apply. And that's why I like it because they. There's, you're not, you're not, you don't have to go home, bro. Mm-mm. Don't, yeah. we're not doing that. Yep. 
So, you know, you got that one person that home. always is like, all right, man, I gotta, we got to start. No, no, we don't. Yeah. Like, we don't. Like, we're here. This is yeah. what we're doing. This right is now. what the fuck we're this doing. This is what's up. Yeah, so. I don't know where you're going, but you can't go home. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Sit your ass down. Smoke this bowl. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's it right there. Oh. Just, just saying. Love those nights. Real talk. We're playing Parcheesi, motherfucker. Hit this thing. <laughs> I don't know how to play. We will teach you. Yeah. Neither uh, do we. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, this next question is on the line of uh, a line of questions that, that we've been kind of messing around with where really normal everyday shit that we never talk about. Like Charles had a great question of like, how good are you at just estimating how, you, how long you need to put something in the microwave to reheat it, right? <laughs> yeah. So I threw this question out and it's, it's weirdly been very passionate from some friends of mine. But like, what are your preferred water temperatures like when you wash your hands when you brush your teeth when you're getting a glass of water when you're showering when you're swimming yeah. like what do you what do you do because it turns out we do not all do the same shit for sure yeah <laughs> we all have mad different vary, stuff. i guess like that's a very right. but like for each one what would question. you prefer like um washing my hands is definitely the, the hot thing um you know being a chef that's just definitely something that's been drilled of course you know Go as hot as you can stand. Brushing my teeth. I usually do it in the shower, so it's hot. Uh, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't. I don't dig cold showers. I'm, you know. So I'm. How how hot is hot for your shower? Is hot. Hot, like, is hot, hot is hot. Hot is like, I've. You know, Scalding. Hot is pretty warm. <laughs> like where I've had like somebody get in and be like, "What the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> I, I like I like like very hot. You cooking in here? Uh, <laughs> What was the other one? Uh, like like swimming and swimming? then drinking water. Drinking water um, has to probably be pretty chill. Ice is mm-hmm. not ice. It needs to be really yeah, you get cold. Your, your brain freeze canteen over yeah, here. My brain freeze Literally, this, <laughs> this question was inspired by a friend of mine who I had met for lunch who sent back a water because it had ice in it because she refuses to drink cold water. Oh. And I... I, it was that was something that I had never actually pondered, and then we started talking, and we were pretty much opposite on everything. And the more I've asked around, I have yet to find anybody that's exactly my combo of things. And yeah. see, this is the shit that we deal with in restaurants. <laughs> yeah, you know, For real. I mean, this yeah. is just the stuff that we have to deal with in restaurants. It's Temperatures just, of another sort. I just, uh, you know, I guess if you don't like cold water, you don't like cold water. But um, I wouldn't send it back, right? Like, I was just, and... and Let that shit melt. It won't take long. Yeah, and she looked at me like I was crazy something. for questioning it. And I'm like, hey, that oh. server has so much other shit to do. Wait, how old is she? We didn't talk about this when we had her family. Uh, 38 or 39. Oh, so that's that's like a 65-year-old yeah. question. Yeah. No, but like, well, yeah, but it's a, it's a, it's a scale, yeah. you know? There's it's a like a bell curve. <laughs> so, like, that's the right age to know the difference. Yeah. If you're too young, you don't know the difference. And if you're too old, you don't know the difference. Or if you're too old, you just don't give a yeah, shit. you don't you're care. Like, like, I want whatever you know, I want. Then, yeah, that's, know, a, that's the Karen shit. It's, it's like, yo, I said one, I said one <laughs> slice of lime, yeah. curled on the edge, rubbed all the way around, four cubes, okay? Two centimeters in diameter, yeah, water to the rim, but not too high. Exactly. I got some on my sleeve. <laughs> this, this is not related, yeah. but I, I just have to tell this story. I meant to text this to you earlier. Uh, today, when I was at Sea Salt, uh, an older gentleman, I'll say 65 to 70, sat down, mm-hmm. and this dude pulled two bags of food out of his pockets. And I watched him. One bag of food was sh- like peanuts in the shell, and the other bag was black olives. 
and he was eating them um, together. Okay. And I was just like, that is some, <laughs> that is some depression era shit. Yeah. He would shell the peanuts, <laughs> so, so he'd put two peanuts in his hand, and he'd eat them, and then he'd pop a black olive, and he would sit there and chew it. And then he would open another peanut. And you guys, I have never been so fascinated. I felt like I was at the fucking zoo looking at penguins. I had my nose on the glass, only it wasn't glass. It was just air between me and him. I really wish you told me that he put a peanut inside of each olive. That would have been amazing. And then held them up like little beady eyes. (laughs) And then ate them. But I was just like, all right, this dude, no, by the way, also no beverage at all. And I'm like, you're just housing raw peanuts. And I guess the olive juice is enough to speak in our olives real quick. Going back to trash TV, I don't know if you guys watched this, but Maury, if you, yep. you see Maury's Hell show, yeah. there's a chick who's she's scared of olives. <laughs> on oh, those, on yeah, those fear shows? Oh my god, dude. Running after, they, so, they bring out so, the jar and she starts yeah, and, Ma- and Maury's it. so like trifling that like, so she's holding his arm and he's like, oh, you're hurting my arm. And she goes, I can't let go. And he goes, bring out the olive. <laughs> She just, she just runs for the hill. Oh, my God. It dude. never ceases to amaze me. That he, I've, I've watched that so many times. Because she goes, ah! She just dips. Okay, okay. He's still on, married to Connie dude. Chung, one of the greatest yeah, reporters of all time. Yeah. Like, I want to know what she thinks but when like, she watches so, that. Mori is so trifling, man. You, you watch this dude. He, it's just hilarious. Like, dude, are you Googling that? Bring out. You no, should, hell no. This is oh, the title shit. of the show. <laughs> I'm trying to be better about this. Bring out the olive. Is the title of this episode. You, you should Google that, dude. She is. I've uh, seen the gift, but not you, like the audio. That's when you, uh, don't do it now. It. But when you guys get home, yeah. just oh, watch hell that yeah. clip. Everybody out there listening, Google just the bring olive out the show. <laughs> That'll be our buzzer on the next episode. We'll drink martinis. Yep, done. <laughs> done. It's just so great. Oh my god, I love that. shit i just like again there are just these moments that i like when you see it i can't stop staring like it's just fucking amazing and this dude was so happy and he finished both of his baggies he took the baggies he put the shells back in the baggie put the baggies back in his pockets and just up and walked away just like half an hour of weirdness at a picnic table man but sorry anyway bringing it back to water you know it's like depression time too he actually collected the shells yeah exactly that's some depression era shit right there uh swimming do you are you like a hot tub person are you a cold pool person are you a lake and an ocean person i I love it all dude i love well the ocean's a little more not my speed sure um but i do love lakes and i do love uh pools and jacuzzis and for sure you know that kind of thing what is 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 the ocean creepy? Is it smelly? Is it? I'm always I'm always interested. Like my my wife is not a fan of the ocean. It can be daunting too. I, I think it's, it's just so huge. big. Yeah. yeah um, and I grew up, you know, around Lake Michigan, so yep. I was pretty familiar with. Obviously, there's no way to be that familiar with Lake Michigan. It's pretty big too. It's a but, huge ass lake. But it's still yeah. like I was familiar with the shoreline and the whole nine yards. But you know, growing up and going out to California and seeing the Pacific Ocean. It's just massive. Yeah, yeah. I, I just Tides feel so different. small compared to it that yeah. I just feel like for sure I'll be lost and nobody will know I'm gone. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's real. That happens a lot to you, yeah. uh, Charles. How about you? What's your what's your temps? The water temps. Yeah, this was a. Uh, I don't know if we mentioned it, but this is some lost episode. This shit. is some lost episode <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, but it was such a great react. It was such a great question, and it has continued to be a great discussion question for us. Yeah, no, and it's funny that no one matches up all like six answers or whatever it is. But for me, uh, cold brushing teeth, cold water, but colder in the summer. Mm. I like it to be I like it to be as cold as it comes out of the faucet in the winter, which is pretty cold. 
in the summer, you know, load your glass up with ice and then I chug it and then fill it up right away again and then chug that because I drink a hilarious amount of water. And with the ice in the glass, I don't get as much water as I mm-hmm. need because I need it right up to the rim. Like that's how much water I need every go, like at least 16 ounces. Mm-hmm. Uh, showers, moderately hot, but also we talked about uh, that I do, um, uh, I like cold therapy too. Mm-hmm. So at the end of a shower, I'll like blast myself with cold water and then take it as long as I can, sometimes as cold as possible. It's good for your body, especially when you got a shitty ass neck like I do. Don't get spinal stenosis. I don't recommend it. I know a lot of you kids are thinking about it. Yeah, no, it's uh, <laughs> not a great idea. Is Just play a... Parcheesi and smoke a joint. <laughs> like the kids do. <laughs> like the kids do these days and every day before it. <laughs> uh, then we have swimming. Okay, we, yep. yeah, we all know that I'm not a big fan of splashing around in the water because I'm a, an adult and I think it's weird. <laughs> I, yeah, I heard this I on the podcast. Every time. I love I that like, every what, time. Well, why is he, he – he's like, then I got to dry off and then it's <laughs> – I'm trying to smoke a hookah and drink an almaza. I don't need to, like, splash my arms around like, <laughs> like it's not for me, man. Like, I'm not, I'm not against anybody else doing that shit, yeah. but I am going to make fun of them. I'm not going to say I won't give you a hard time. I will. It's like – you know, drinking milk. If someone stood in the lake drinking a glass of milk, to me, that'd be the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> you know, my buddy Brandon, I've been telling him since we lived together when we were 17 years old, milk is for baby animals. I think it's weird he drinks milk. And then he'll just drink a 20-ounce glass of milk in front of me just to get a milk mustache and look yeah. me in the eyes. You know what I mean? Um, no, I don't, I don't really care for swimming. I'll do it when I'm drunk in a lake. So I guess that answers the question. It's cold water. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I mean... When, hand, I'm, hand when I'm in Lebanon, when yeah, I'm in Lebanon, I'll Ooh, splash yeah. around in the Mediterranean once in a while. That's pretty warm stuff there, isn't it? Pretty yeah. warm water? Yeah, water's quite warm. Uh, hand washing, hot, but our water in our house takes so long to get hot. Uh, the answer is actually cold. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to wait 11 I'm, I'm minutes. Not, I'm not waiting. <laughs> right. It's just going <laughs> to happen. so long. Yeah. So whatever, but I prefer hot when it can happen. When I'm in someone else's hot house and they get that, like, the hot water like Quam's got in his house. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I'm like, ooh, that's fucking beautiful. I can I can literally cook chicken with the water yeah, no, that comes I, out of our faucet. Again, I heard your podcast. I was yeah. like, it's pretty cool. He could like, his water, he's like, his water's like 192 degrees. It's so weird. <laughs> it's so crazy. It's crazy. I, it, and it's the greatest thing ever for me. And I'm going to be completely ruined when we move because uh, oh my god, I've never actually had water as hot it's as like I want. Instantly hot. Uh, it's within about 10 seconds, and oh. it's like just billows of steam coming out of the sink. <laughs> that's crazy. I'm a, I'm a, same as you, I'm a hot water fanatic for washing my hands. Yep. Uh, everything from when I was a kid, and, you know, they teach you all about germs, all the way up through, like, getting surf safe certified. Yep. Yep. Like, the amount of shit that you learn in that class is just, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. So, I'm very, very hot with that. I am, uh, if my skin doesn't change colors in the shower, it's a faulty shower, and <laughs> yeah. I don't like it. Uh, I am ruthless about my need for cold, cold, cold water. We have a, a two-gallon Brita in our fridge at all times, mm-hmm. and I will straight up do in my Yeti 33-ounce mm-hmm. mug, I'll do that even with some ice so that when I wake up the next morning, I have ice-cold water, yep. boom, to crush. Mm-hmm. That's my absolute favorite thing. Like, that's probably top 10 favorite feelings on Earth is, like, when you're parched and you got that morning breath going on, yeah. that first chug Glass of, like, cold water. Cold mm. water. Yeah. Just clears it all out. Man. Yeah. Uh, for swimming and Burns shit. calories, too. Yeah, there you go. Your body's got to warm it. Uh, for swimming, I am, a, I am an omnivore for that. I, the hottest hot tub, the coldest ocean. Yeah. I'll, if we're out on Lake Superior, I'll jump out of the boat every time into the lake. Uh, I love the 
therapeutic side of that. Uh, I really, I, I'm a big like Finnish sauna person. So sit in hot sauna, go jump in the sh- the snow. I, I love oh, yeah. all of that shit. I'm, so it, you like both equally, or do you yeah. prefer to be in a hot tub? To I love. I love hot tubs. I'm super obsessed with hot tubs. Like, if you had to pick one of those vessels to swim in, would it be the largest vessel of all, the ocean, or would it be? Oh yeah, it a probably hot tub? would be because I love wave riding more than I love sitting in a hot tub. Okay, so it's I like I will jump in the Pacific Ocean, cold as shit, turn my dick into an innie. I don't even care as long yeah. as there's yeah. waves coming in. I love right. I I love I. Being a giant, for those of you listening that have never seen me, I'm 6'5 and like 290. So it's very rare that I feel that I could float. It's very rare that I feel so like... So you're saying that being a giant, the water would have to be really cold to turn you into a... <laughs> yes, yeah. But also like getting hit by the waves, I love that feeling of being completely helpless. Yeah, no, but thank you for that. Sorry. I, you know, I'm, just, I'm sorry. But like that's, that's the thing for me is it's like, I just, I love that shit. And I, I love that feeling. Like literally what freaks a lot of people out about the ocean is what I love. I love feeling minuscule because it's very rare. Like I don't get to blend in in crowds. I I love that feeling of Mm -hmm. like, yep, this whole thing could just take me away and it wouldn't even bat an eye. Uh, But yeah, if there's a hot tub, I'm going in. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't care. I can't. Yeah. We're going to get in the hot tub. (laughs) <laughs> I will be the Will Ferrell of that 100%. I like that, hot tubs, but I'm also a germaphobe. And that's part of the reason I hate yeah. fucking pools. Yeah. yeah. With a, as long as, like, you can smell the chlorine coming off the yeah. hot tub, like, I'm fine with it. <laughs> you with it? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's good. That's good. It's, if, it's, if it's questionable, then, you know, ugh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Especially well. if you think about it. There's a lot of things that I'm cool with until I, I know, think about I, it. I think it's too, like, where you are getting in the hot tub at, like, Right. You know, if it's just a hotel, yeah, that can be kind of gross. Yeah. But if it's like a friend's house, yeah. I'll get in. I'll dive in. Yeah, if you got the chlorine working. I, uh, I've, <laughs> I'm not, well, <laughs> a, a very good friend of our podcast who may or may not be a guest uh, someday soon, uh, we were up at his, his parents' place and we were sitting in the hot tub and one of our friends was like, hey man, how many times do you think your parents fuck in here? And I literally was like, <laughs> well, that's been fun. I'm getting out yeah, right I'm now. Here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, thank you. Actually, my favorite body of water is a jacuzzi tub in a nice hotel. Yeah, that's fair. That's, you know. we Or, or yeah. like one in your room that you can like fill yourself. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. Like yeah. a nice hotel so you know that their like cleaning methods are yep. top notch. Yep. And then, yeah, it's when it's in your room yep. and you can just use it at your leisure. Yep. Not have to worry about, you know, some gray pube guy fucking doing a cannonball in there while you're <laughs> yeah, trying to sip a glass yes, of champagne. Yeah. We did, uh, <laughs> our, our good friends, uh, Paul and Laura, got married up in Duluth on the North Shore, and we rented a couple cabins. And the cabin that we were in uh, had a completely perfect circle, five-foot diameter tub with, like, a foot and a half, two feet up walls. I, I've never enjoyed sitting in anything as much as I did because I never get to like stretch my legs out in a tub. Yeah, sure. and getting to just hang out in that, I was like, I could live here. Like, I I don't want to go home. <laughs> Let me just hang out here. I could. It doesn't even have to be the rest of the cabin. I'll just live in the bathroom in the tub. Beautiful. <laughs> Actually, a recent episode of Ninety Day Fiance. There was a little guy and his little fiance, and they were just in a bathtub. Like he drew her a bath, and they both got in there. And we were looking at each other like, how is that even possible? You know? Did you say, say a little guy and a little fiance? Like They were both tiny. They were both little, dude little people? Little lady. No, I'm just saying they were very, oh, like, okay. you know, he's probably right. like 
145 pounds soaking wet, which he was in, oh, okay. in the bathtub, and she's probably like 100 pounds. Yeah. But they fit nicely facing each other in a, tub. in a bathtub. And Marnie and I looked at each other. You know, I'm not qualm size, but I'm a big dude. And so, like, we were like, we could never get in a bathtub nope. together. No. Even the jacuzzi tub sometimes, depending on the hotel, sometimes I, they're so I, small. Yeah, you're I don't still know that squeezing in there. I could look somebody in the eye that I could fit. <laughs> yeah, that's what yeah, I'm saying. You know what I mean? Right. I, I, it's I, weird. I, I would feel really weird if both of our feet are touching each other's yeah, side you're of the like, tub. Yeah. Like, you're it, trying to make yourself, you're like one leg in the middle, one out. Yeah, yeah mine yeah. is definitely like out that's, hanging yeah, out that's by dumb. the soul. Who wants to do that? Yeah. That's not comfortable. <laughs> you, I don't, you know, if, you're, if, you, if you guys can both sit in a tub and both of your feet are touching the tub, yeah. and your back's touching the tub. Yeah, As, mm, yeah. What, what happened? Unless you're so, how the, are you relaxing? The, relaxing? Probably the funniest uh, jacuzzi situation of all time was uh, my brother JP, previous guest on the program, and myself, really fucking drunk after all pints north one year. Uh, we went to like the post party, and we came back to our our swanky room at the Voyager, which is a very uh, fear and loathing vibe to Yeah. Have green carpets and like uh, cream colored pleather couches and shit. We got the room. Hey, we spared no expense, ladies and gentlemen. We got the room with the fucking tater tot uh, triangle shaped jacuzzi in the corner. JP had a lady friend with him and we came back to the room and uh, proceeded to, he and I drunk in our underwear got in the shitty little jacuzzi tub together and we each had a growler and we're like slugging from it and she was like yeah gotta go oh. <laughs> and we're like where are you going we're, we ordered a pizza <laughs> but it was a blast that was the sound of her vagina closing and, yeah. no, thank and, you there, very much. and there was there are some hilarious photos of us sitting in that fucking thing. at least she took some photos before she left because oh, we God, look like a couple great. of dumbasses. Uh, can we can we cheers to that mental picture? Because I'm not going to get that one out of my brain for a while. Taters and <laughs> photos. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, Ooh, is that five? Yep, that's five. That is five. Yeah, number five. I actually dig this one because when we talk about slutty foods. It makes me happy. I guess this could be this could be fine dining still, but yeah. I was going to ask you guys to do all the food questions at the beginning, so I'm spot on. <laughs> well, we try we try not to like okay, you know yeah. when we've had when we've had like musicians on, we try not to talk too much about music. Yeah, I, like just from all my years working in restaurants, I am always floored at how many of my friends bore my chef friends with just chef questions constantly like you don't get enough of that at work i mean obviously we love food and that's <laughs> yeah i'm never i'm never tired of talking about food, that's awesome so. yeah and we perform really well with like the food demo yeah we're pretty we break the fourth wall here we talk about shit like this but we do really well with food and beverage beverage obviously it's called libations for everyone we drink but we perform really well with people who like to listen to podcasts where people talk about food mm -hmm. and so yeah no matter who the guest is, we usually talk yeah. about food at least once. Yeah. So my question is, what food is way better the next day? Uh, no doubt about it. It's going to be, for me, gumbo or, Ooh, yeah. or uh, jambalaya. Any of those foods where you have to have a lot of spice, a lot of seasonings in them, they just get better. Um, soul food in general, actually. Mm. And I'm with you on that. Uh, for me, you know, growing up, like, it was always better the next day. Like, you thought it was, like, really good that day. Like, even, like, the macaroni and cheese. Mm. Stuff just needs time to do its thing. Sure. Um, 
which is, you know, for me, and a lot of times in, in restaurants, we actually do a lot of stuff ahead of time. Yeah. Because for that reason, like, yeah. if, you know, one of the dishes that I do at Target Center is a uh, potato gratin with, uh, it's like a root vegetable gratin. Oh, hell yeah. Um, but those flavors need time to get mm-hmm. together. And so we'll do it ahead of time mm-hmm. and then press it and then cut it. Um, and then go from there, and then we'll pick it back up on a sear, and then put it in the oven for a little bit, and then it goes on with like a tenderloin or steak, whatever. Ooh. But just the time to let those things come together, um, I found is just way better than just like kind of doing it on the fly. So uh, for me, Creole food, Cajun food is always like better when you let it just come together naturally. For sure. Um, Can I derail this question for one second? And just because we have somebody of your talent here, mm-hmm. could you lay out like a perfect soul food meal for you? For me, oh, perfect like, soul like food. if you had a dream, like like you woke up one day and everybody everybody in your family wanted to honor you for your birthday or something, and you they were like, we're gonna make all of his favorite things. What would that table look like yeah. to you? So no doubt about it, be baked macaroni and cheese. My mom's baked macaroni and cheese is the best baked macaroni and cheese ever. And I'm a chef, and I've tried it a million different times. <laughs> Hers is way better by a yard. Like, <laughs> it's, it's fucked up. It's like by a yard. It's not even close. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm, what is it? Techniques and shit? Yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, no, because if you do this, this temperature will curdle the egg, and this temperature will curdle the cream. And, yeah. you know, I'm, and maybe I'm overthinking it. Maybe yeah. it comes from her heart, which is soul food, right? Absolutely. But anyway, so... It would definitely be the baked macaroni and cheese, collard greens uh, with ham hock. I would yeah. do the smoked turkey uh, just because if this is my indulgence meal. Absolutely, I'm gonna yeah. I'm going to do the smoked ham hock. Um, probably going to go with biscuits, like just good, really good biscuits. That not Maybe yeast biscuits, too, like sure. Sunday morning yeast biscuits. My mom always used to make Saturday. Um, and then... Uh, Smothered pork chops, Ooh, always loved. Hell yeah! My grandma used to just like have. I don't even know how she did what she did with 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 stuff that was left over. Mm-hmm. But we have like leftover fried chicken, and she made these taste better than the fried chicken. I don't even yeah. know how that's even possible. <laughs> like, did you make the smothered chicken taste better than the actual fried chicken? Yeah. So smothered chicken or pork chop and then chitlins. I love chitlins. So, Me too, for sure. Um, I haven't eaten them as much lately just because they take a lot of uh, time and work and yeah. you know, clean them and um, they cook for a long time. But I still, people hate it and I love chitlins and tripe and yeah. all that kind of stuff, man. Yes, dude. Oh, yeah, man. You just got to be so too. hungry. Got to be for so sure. hungry. And black eyed peas and cornbread and... Man, it's just so much stuff that I grew up on that we don't even see no more. Like, people don't do. Mm-hmm. Like, I see a lot of chefs doing soul food stuff, and I just wish they would do some of this stuff. Like, my, you know, I'm not really a soul food kind of chef. Um, it, it's my background, but that's just not my focus. Sure. Um, but I see a lot of chefs doing that. But I remember just growing up eating, like, green beans and potatoes with a little bit of smoked ham hock in there. And that was, like, dinner with yep. cornbread, like, Hot yeah. water cornbread. So good. You know, I don't know if you know what hot water cornbread yeah. is. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty tasty stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like no meat. You don't really have to have it besides like a little bit of smoke, you know, fat in there, fat back or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I feel like uh, I feel like with with a lot of different foods right now, what we have is 
everybody's playing the same greatest hits album, but nobody's pulling up the deep cuts from, from the original albums. Yeah. And that's always such a bummer because you can say that you, you like something when you try it and that's great, but to really dig down into like the roots of a lot of those dishes, that's, that's where like the really fucking great stuff is where, you know, where people, you know, for whatever reason throughout history didn't have access to the best ingredients. So you had to bring in the flavor to make something shine. And that, uh, that pursuit is so fucking great. Well, to me, it's like, I I listened to your podcast. It was talking about not adding bacon to everything. Remember that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And when you, when you kind of come up on these, that's kind of one of the things I disagree with a little bit, just because when you are raised on soul food, the, the premise is, is to preserve as much stuff as you can. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times when we cook bacon or we cook fat back or we cook pork chops, you save all that fat. And that fat yeah. is used to flavor stuff. Oh, absolutely. Back in the day when you couldn't get meat, you couldn't get those things, yep. you would you know, want to add a little bit of flavor to it. A little flourish. You know, a little something. Yeah. Um, and so I just wish people... You know, kind of one of my thinking or things was creating Ophelia, which is uh, my pop-up series that I do, um, was to kind of get my grandma's stuff back a little bit of life and a little bit of For uh, sure. refining. But um, also just to bring those dishes that you don't really see. Like when we talk about soul food here in the cities or period, we see all the same dishes. It's macaroni and cheese, collard greens, fried yes. chicken. Mm-hmm. Yep, you're right. Over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, but you don't see the dishes that actually you know Mm-mm. created this. You know that you know maybe like I said the 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 potatoes and green beans and just stuff that you grew up on that yeah. we don't really see no more. So I wish people would kind of get back to those simpler dishes a little bit more and just I mean, kind of um, shit like a, a brilliant succotash. Like yeah. you don't see yeah. that on menus yeah. and it's, it's so simple and it's so amazing and, and flavorful. Yeah. And like, really my, my pushback with the bacon thing was like, I'm just tired of seeing people that are like, it's a bacon burger with bacon on top of it. Yeah. And then yeah. bacon in the milkshake. Yeah. Like I, I do the same thing. Like, no grease goes unused yeah. in, in my house. Yeah. Like, all of the bacon that we cook, I pull all that fat out. Yeah. Whenever we do a brisket and I trim yeah. off all that fat, I throw it in a crock pot and yeah. I save that. And yeah. that beef tallow, like, literally, probably one quarter of our freezer is different animal fats that I save. Yeah. Yeah. And it's weird when some people that aren't cooks come over and they're like, what's all this shit? I'm like, well, it's fats from different animals that I cook. But that's the essence of all that flavor. Yeah. And if you cook really simple ingredients with that, you get so much more. Yeah. And then, like you said, you don't have to load it full. Of, yeah. of meats. And, but, you know, and I get what you're saying. Like, I really hate going to 10 different restaurants in the cities and feeling like I'm seeing the same menu yeah. everywhere. Yep. Yeah. It's just Absolutely. boring. It's like, yep. you guys are talented. Let's do some other stuff. Hell yeah. I, uh, I feel like my answer was almost similar to yours. I, I can't say that I like fried chicken better the next day, but I have an equal love for day later fried chicken. Yeah. I, I absolutely love that flavor. I will not even reheat it. Like I'll, right, right out of the fridge, man. I'll just crush. Man. Like, fridge door open, yeah, yeah. I will eat an entire drumstick. Can, can you explain the appeal? Because I don't understand cold fried chicken. That's one thing I cannot oh, man, understand. I love it, dude. Yeah, it's well, something what's about... What's the appeal? I, I'm just trying to understand. Yeah, it's... it's I, I All I can say is it's it, the flavor sets up more in the meat. Yep. And then the because it's not crispy anymore... Like, there's a little crunch, maybe, but usually it's it's a little bit more, like, toothsome and, and tender. And then all that batter mixes in yep. with the chicken while you're, while you're chewing it. And 
I just I love it. That I'm will a crunch slot. So like, well, and to I me, it has to be seasoned yeah. properly. Oh, absolutely. Like, if it's just bland chicken, that's not the same. Fuck sure. out there here. needs to be a. So it's got to already be good fried chicken. It, it has to be good. But it has just, to be a good yeah, season just, to it. I can't. Yep. I can't get down with it. I just want a good crunchy. Like even so, for me with wings, I don't like wet wings. I mm-hmm. like crunchy motherfucking wings. Yep. So I want wings that are you know got that bite to them and then I dip them in sauces so I preserve that crunchiness but I still get the sauce mm-hmm. so it might be that that just like I am so obsessed with crunchiness when it comes to fried chicken it's a di- it's, it's a different thing get into to me. it like day later chicken is different from fried chicken but they're two dishes that I love yeah and like in my brain they're they're different right I'm saying maybe I like crunch so crunchy like chicken so much yeah. that I'm like I wish this was still crunchy. <laughs> I feel the same way about macaroni and cheese too. Like it's I, a day later, macaroni and cheese is so goddamn good. Yep. Uh, but to try and figure out something that I actually enjoy more, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna drop the class level down quite a bit from that, and I'm gonna say a tombstone frozen pizza. Oh, I cold l- pizza. Rolls. I like yeah. a tombstone frozen pizza out of the oven. It's like it makes me feel like college or my twenties. <laughs> but Don't have to think about it. The next day, I like it more. I honestly like it more, and I don't know. I don't reheat it. It's it's cold. Just cold, yeah. Cold pizza. I don't know what it is about it, and it's yeah. very specific to Tombstone because I wouldn't do that with like a, a Heggie's, and I don't enjoy like delivery pizza better the next day. But specifically a Tombstone, I absolutely fucking love more the next day. So, do you like other pizzas the next day? Not as much. Okay. Pizza is like one of the only foods that it's a different. It can be two different dishes. It's the dish it was when it was prepared, and it's the dish it was. It yeah. becomes the next day when you yeah. eat it cold. Yeah. I love cold pizza. Yeah. Like, so I, I, I just got uh, this this past weekend. We ordered from pizza or from um, Young Joni. Yeah. Mm. That's not the next day is not what you want to be doing. No. With that. That's just it's perfect. different. Yeah. yeah. It's it's totally different. It's delicate. It's just so delicate that mm-hmm. first day. I mean, pickled mustard seeds and arugula and stuff. It just mm-hmm. the next day is just right. not mm-hmm. gonna cut it. We tried it sure. the next day, but I was just like. Eh. I'm not, I'm not gonna even. I'm not gonna do that nope. because then, yeah. then it's gonna be there. I also I don't do that. I weirdly feel the same way about pizza luce. I love pizza luce hot. Yep. I literally probably won't eat it after a day. I don't. It doesn't reheat well. I don't. I just don't enjoy it. Yeah, yeah especially when uh, the crust is not very like super cooked. Because yeah. Parkway, so Parkway is a local uh, Minneapolis institution. They do box cut, which is a big Minnesota thing, big Midwest thing. Their stuff cold the next day it almost makes it more edible because sometimes it's like so saucy and you get a little square and the cheese is like thick and like sliding around yep. where you're making a mess but the next day it like turns almost into like a little piece of pie mm-hmm. like a little pizza uh, pie slice with the sauce in the middle and like the the cheese is hard but they use good cheese so it's not like crunchy yeah and they have a nice toasty bottom so when you eat it it's, it's a new dish it was a dish the totally. night before when you got it hot totally. and it was sloppy and there was hot sauce on it and everything was hot and your mouth was hot and then the next day, you bust open the fridge and you're rubbing the, you know, sleep out of your eyes because you're up till 4:30 a.m. with your boys. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And then you take a, just a bite out of the heart, and it's ta- it tastes so good. It's almost like a sandwich now. Fuck it's yeah. It's like a cold cut sandwich in a sense. Um, my answer to the question would be any, like this is this is probably even a more obvious answer. Uh, any collagen based meats, like heavy collagen meats. So, uh, corned beef. Yep. If I'm making corned beef, I make corned beef hash every year. I always say on uh, St. Paddy's that I'm 100% Lebanese and 1% Irish on, <laughs> on St. Paddy's Day. 
But when I make my corned beef, that you cannot prepare it and serve it in a corned beef hash. You prepare it the day before, you wrap it in tinfoil, you put it in your fridge, you take it out, you dice it, you fry it, then it's ready to fucking Genius. party. It's way different. Mm-hmm. It is a different cut of meat. The same is true of many uh, heavy collagen and, and, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, highly fibrous pieces of meat. You know, if you're making lengua, you're pressure cooking some lengua. If you're making a pot roast, a pot roast, like, I know a lot of people will take everything for a pot roast and put it in a pot, as is titular. Everything. One pot. Throw it in the oven. Well, what ends up happening is fucking delicious, but you get those massively nutritionless, overcooked carrots, overcooked potatoes, overcooked onions. That you could gum to death. Yeah, and I, I mean, I understand, like, cooking it all together. Like, I do it all the time. Mm-hmm. But if you want to be a foofy chef boy, you can take... You can take the, the roast beef and flavor it and cook it, you know, bay leaves and rosemary and garlic and the whole shebang. Cook that thing and then cook your veg separate in its own tray or do pressure cook on the pot roast, whatever. I don't have to get that into it. But you take that pot roast and the next day, you could even cook the pot roast by itself and use your instant pot or whatever you have. Cook the pot roast by itself. Don't cook the vegetables. Put that motherfucker in your fridge. Let that collagen reset. Wrapped up. Next day, cook the veg. Last 30 minutes while the oven's on. Throw it in the oven. Reheat that motherfucker. Slice it up. Put it with everything else. If you like gravy, make a gravy. But that thing is like with the collagen like uh, melting when you cook it and then setting and then remelting. Baby, it's just like that globby, delicious fattiness. Every single bite explodes in your mouth. Absolutely. That's that's the way to do it. I, I, you know, I hadn't even thought about that with like letting things sit overnight, but I 100% agree with you on, 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 on the pot roast. And I would actually say the same thing about the last time that I, uh, I smoked a pastrami. Uh, we had sure. some that night. Uh, I had done the thing where I drastically underestimated how long it was going to take to get tender. Mm-hmm. So we just kept grazing the whole time. Mm-hmm. And by the time it was done, like we had some, but we were all full because yeah. we'd eaten all the other sides and yeah. shit. Yeah. And the next day, I was almost ashamed that I had even had any. Because the next day, the way that that reset, and then when we reheated it, all of that fat transferred into every single fiber of that meat. And you got all of that flavor in everything. So you needed less to do more because it, it hit with everything. It was so fucking good. And I, oh, man. See, now I got to think about it. Yeah, I would that say, might, like, anything you braise in general yeah, yeah. just gets better with time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, braise, man. smoke, and, like, you know, I was saying, like, lots of connective tissue and lots of collagen. Yep. You want to reset that, then heat it up again. Yep. Because when it's, like, super hot and you slice it, it bleeds out everywhere. The fat's kind of just, like, distributed whatever way it wants. I think because first I have a friend who was just in Austin, and he went to Franklin, and he's like, I heard it's not as good anymore, and I agree. I'm like, man, they must be selling the brisket too quick to allow it to be what it's supposed to be. They're probably taking it right out and slicing it, and then it's just not giving it the time to rest and reset the way that they probably did when – they didn't have golfers in line picking yep. up brisket yep. for, for people. Real. I, I can't imagine what else is going wrong there. So, for sure, heavy collagen meats uh, and, and high, high fibrous meats. The other thing I'd say is 
uh, to the point of what Trey said with the mac and cheese, same thing is true of risotto. So you can make arancini. Oh, man. You know? Yeah. Cause, like, oh, yeah. There's all that starchy yeah. juice, you know? The arancini, like all the starchness that's all surrounding it, the cheesy, yep. starchy goodness. It becomes yeah. the sauce. And then the next day, even eating it cold, uh, Marnie, for our date anniversary, our sixth date anniversary last weekend, made uh, risotto, a mushroom risotto, yeah. which, bless her heart, she hates mushrooms. She made it for me. Um, eating that cold out of the Tupper. It's so good. It's fucking, it's so delicious. Yeah. But, like, rolling that up and then getting some breadcrumbs on it, yeah. stuffing a little piece of cheese in the oh, middle, yeah. transformative, yeah. unbelievable. Um, when I worked at Rich Carlton in Las Vegas, that one thing we used to do was I used to make big batches of risotto in, like, a tilt skillet. So oh, shit. You know, and then i get, like, seven, eight sheet trays full of risotto. we just smooth them out. Mm-hmm. And chill it like that. Put them in a blast chiller. And oh, then yeah. we slice them, and then we just do patties, like fried oh, man. risotto patties. Yes. You know? Tenderloin go on top, asparagus. Demi, you know, you're done. You know, this is for like 700 people you're just doing this really elegant dish for. But it's absolutely better the next day. We put mascarpone, parmesan, oh, everything in there. Yes. And, uh, but, you know, yeah. all that stuff comes back together. And then when you slice it, and then you sear it, it's just like... It's like a grilled cheese almost. Like It's like a yeah. rice grilled cheese. Very thankful yeah. that none of our listeners can see me rubbing my nipples right now, but holy but then, shit. But then you talked about the, the ball. One of the best things I've eaten so far uh, in the cities almost is like that little risotto ball that you get at Spoon. Oh, yeah, man. It's Hell just yeah. legendary. Yeah. It's so great. Oh. Lauren just, that aren't you, baby? We did, oh, uh, we, did, we had a fish fry uh, last week, and we did, uh, I brought grits and biscuits. And Lawrence. grits, another one like cheddar oh, grits. Yeah, yeah, grits. The next day, yep. Yep. do a little grit cake with like a runny egg on top of it. Yep. Oh my god! Oh, yeah. like, yes, that's. Yes, I yeah. I I loved having grits with fried fish, but yep. I'll tell you, the next day, yeah, this is like the halibut dish that I mentioned yeah, on the show. Yeah, yeah. Talking about yep. recipes, you you make your polenta and then you set it and then you cut it and you fry oh, it. Fuck. It's that is that is caramelizing it. shit you want, right there. Well, I even well, throw like some bitter greens on that. Ooh, man. yep, yeah, like, of course, mustard greens or something with that halibut. Cheddar oh. grits. Well, fucking cheers to that. Yeah. Hell yeah. Cheers. Boop. This last question, <laughs> we can go either way with this. You can go. You can go deep. We can go shallow. You can talk about in restaurants or chefs or just in life in general. Okay. Is there something that you wish everyone in our community could just understand yep. or know, like just whatever it may be? Yes, um, there actually <laughs> is. I'm glad you brought this question up. I think that I wish that everybody in our community could understand is that, um, man, this is, maybe it's a drink, but it's going to get, I'm hey, going to pass because it's going to get emotional very okay. quickly. So I'm going to pass it to somebody else real, real okay. fast. All right. Charles? Uh, yeah, I'll take it. I, I guess I look at the term community as both insular and also extraneous. And with consideration to what's happening in the cities currently with the Chauvin trial and uh, the perception of what the Twin Cities, namely Minneapolis, are like now, what I wish the broader community of the state of Minnesota understood is that Minneapolis uh, is not divisive. Minneapolis is not a war zone. It's not a place people are moving out of. Uh, it's a, it, there very much is a sense of community here. 
There's a lot of people who love each other. And I think that this last year has drawn people closer together mm-hmm. in my community than previously because of things that have happened that might otherwise destroy a community. I think that th- this community is closer than it's ever been because of uh, this the last year. Yep. And I, there's, there's this like pervasive messaging from outside of the cities, and I hear it from people that I know where I'm like, who told you that? I live in Minneapolis where they're like, everyone's leaving. Uh, you can't park on the corner. Like, people will take your car. Like, sure, there's sh- shit happens, but it's not altogether different than the way this city has been for a number of years. But I would say that this community has become tighter and closer and more uh, self sustaining. Mm-hmm. And uh, the camaraderie and love and culture is is very high right now and i wish people that aren't from minneapolis could see that because i i hate hearing people gossip like everyone's trying to leave like my you know my nephew says he's moving out because the city's the city's a hellhole and he feels like people are going to break into his house like dude but your nephew lives in burnsville (laughs) i'm sitting sitting in the side yard smoking a stogie waving at people it's just it depends on it depends who you associate with but i love this community um, particularly like the people that I bond with in this community. And it, I, I love, I love my community, my Northeast, my Minneapolis more now than I ever have, yeah. because you can look people in the eye and they know they can feel what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, we all are like here for one another in a way that, uh, wasn't previously the case. I didn't, I feel like we get closer and closer the more days go by, and I, and I love that about this place. I'd agree to that. Do you want to you want to take it? I think I will. I, yeah. I think um, appreciate you giving me some time. I I think um, I wish that uh, when I when I kind of think of community, I'm kind of like you. I you know um, I'm kind of a humanitarian, so I don't really see community as boundaries. Mm-hmm. I see community as us as a collective group of people trying to survive life yeah survive this journey um and so i think what i wish that we would all understand is that um it's it's pretty simple i think that you know um dr king said it best that injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere absolutely so that's just not a cliche to me it's like i'm just talking about on a human level not Mm -hmm. black white nothing Mm -hmm. just human Mm -hmm. if we see something that is being um uh that's being done against a fellow human that we feel is not correct that we know in our heart is not correct whether I'm a Democrat and it's being done by a Democrat, whether I'm Republicans being done by a Republican, yep. it does not matter. Like that's your time to step up and say, that's not right. Like what you're doing is not right. Um, so what I wish we would understand is that there is no, there is no um, right or wrong time to stand up for what you believe in. Absolutely. Um, the time is now, like we really, um, are at a place in this country where uh, we're at a crossroads where things could go very badly or they could go better. Mm-hmm. Uh, we really need to invest our time into making sure that people do know um, 
like my buddy said here, like that our communities, our smaller communities, are thriving. Like Absolutely. we're not in bad shape. We're not as divided as they want you to believe. Uh, if you watch the news every day, you think we're just tearing everybody apart, and it just just that's not the case. Right. Um, Hell yeah. We're 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 getting along, man. I mean, where I live, my neighbors are among white, black, Mexican. We just vibe. We kick it. Yep. There is not uh, this energy that they're trying to give you. It's not. It's not happening where I live. Uh, so, uh, and I live in Maplewood, just a suburb right outside of Minneapolis. So I know that if Charles is not experiencing that here in the mm-hmm. cities, and you know. My brother is not experiencing that in California. It's just it, it's 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 a lot of built up stuff that they want you to believe that's not really happening yeah. as much as they want you to believe it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you really got to kind of invest time into getting to know your neighbors, getting to know your friends, getting to know their friends, getting to know um, your neighborhood, investing into your neighborhood, taking time to get to know. Uh, your government, what your local government, who's in charge, what's yeah. happening there, yeah. um, making yeah. sure that you use the voice that you have, uh, because it really is local. Everything's local, man. Um, we can talk about Biden, Trump, but everything's local. What's happening here is going to change based on the fact that we're voting in Minneapolis. We're we're changing things in Minneapolis and Minnesota. Yes, sir. So that's really what I want people to know. And then don't let people take your rights from you. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, you know, make sure that you fight hard for that shit. Fight hard for what your your rights are, dude. Yep. Advocate for yourself. Advocate because like you if doctor. you don't do yeah. it, and if you just let people sneakily come around and take one thing here, one thing there, before you know it, you have nothing. So f- make sure you understand what your rights are, and make sure that uh, you're standing up for them, and make sure you're standing up for the rights of your friends. Yeah. You know, one thing I'm really passionate about right now is what's going on at the border, and I ain't going to lie. I voted for Biden, but I don't give a shit. I'm still concerned about yep. what's going on with those kids at yes, the border absolutely. right now. Uh, so, you know, for us to be a progressive society, we really kind of have to put the shit aside and say, look, I don't care who I voted for. You need to be doing yeah. the right thing by it's people. Not and if you're not, I'm going to call you on your shit. Yes. Um, so I'm going to call Biden on his shit. Do better by those kids, mm-hmm. man. Do better by those families right now. Uh, do better. Uh, we can do better. I know that uh, us as a society, we can do better by families that built this country, immigrants. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we can do better by them. And uh, so, yeah, I'm I'm very passionate about this topic, man. Because I love that. You know, with George Floyd, you know, we 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 know the right thing that should be happening there. This is basic. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I don't even want to get into that too much because what's happening now is really a dog and pony show. I know what should happen with this case. But what I'm saying is, moving forward as a society, we need to look at each other and require better of each other, require that we treat each other with the respect that I give you. If I, you know, I, you know, I don't know. All right, that's not, I'm so boxed. I saw a tweet today that said, do you want to know how the U.S. is a failed state? We're having a month-long trial for a murder that everybody saw. Yeah, that's yeah, that's like, it. Come so on, this, man, the, like, let's move along. this is nothing, right? We mm. we know better than this. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, these, it, these are easy answers. <laughs> yeah. You know, like yeah. it, if we were more binary in nature regarding injustices and and 
equality, then we wouldn't have to quarrel over things yeah, like yeah. how easy it is to vote and whether you can give someone a fucking bottle of water while they're standing in yeah. line, whether a black man with a knee on his neck for 10 minutes is, you know, worthy of like being able to survive that and get his day yeah. in court. It, come on. These aren't things we need to be talking mm-hmm. about, right? I think the more difficult thing is to call yourself on your own shit. That's it. Absolutely. Say, am I being That's biased? Am yeah, I being yeah. biased mm-hmm. against somebody else? Mm-hmm. You know, you know, I think us, you know, me being a black male, it's growing up in the, in the South Side of Chicago, we always heard white people this, white people that. They did this, they did that. Sure. It, it wasn't until I actually got to know white people that I realized I can make my own decisions based on human beings, mm-hmm. based on their interactions with me. Um, all white people weren't like this. My best friend, my husband's white. My, you know, my best friends are white. Uh, I have best friends that are black. But what I'm saying is, these these decisions need to be based on human interaction. Mm-hmm. They can't be based on these things that we've heard and we we we've never proven. We have no clue what they are. Um, that's the only way to really kind of move forward is to really kind of get to know your neighbors, get to know your friends, um, get to know their friends, and understand that this society is you know built on white supremacy. Mm-hmm. That's just the bottom line of it and you know for black people to say that is one thing but for white people to call that shit out is so much better yeah you know because it it it, it, when you hold yourself accountable for some shit that you created that makes more sense than white people than black people saying oh my god you guys are i've i i I just marvel at the idea that that after creating this structure for 400 plus years that now so many like diversity and inclusion groups are asking people of color how to fix it. Yeah. Like, no, nah, you built it motherfucker. Yeah, like yeah. we got to take it down. And that was honestly like, that was, that was my thing is there, there isn't a them. Yeah. Stop, a, stop with them. Yeah. There's, there's only us. There's, us. there's yeah. only us. And when you look at somebody who's suffering, when you look at somebody who is saying, this is my truth and this is what I've seen. You have to look at that as an us. Yeah. That is somebody that is just like you, that is yeah. 99.9% the same human as you are, yeah. that is speaking those truths. So stop making it about you and saying, well, like, I don't think so. Yeah. That's, that's where we get hung up every time is we try to get defensive about shit to try and say, like, well, I'm not like that. Look, yeah. I, I have a multiracial, multi-faith family. Yeah. That's great. I still grew up in the 80s. I still am a giant white man. Yeah. And... Yeah, there were some very inclusive movies. There were some really racist movies. But if you really want to know who's controlling the story, look up how many women and how many people of color directed movies in the 80s. Yeah. There were four movies directed by black people that came out in the fucking 80s. Yeah. Or started movies. Just and the, watch. You know, we watched Princess Bride last weekend yeah. for our dataversary. It's, All white people. <laughs> exactly. All white people. But I, th- I think it's until you can get to that place as, as black people where I can see myself as you being a 6'3 white guy yep. going through what you're going through, and you can see yourself as George Floyd, until we can get to that place where we can see each other mm-hmm. in these situations, they won't improve. We have to see the humanity that's happening in each situation. So the problem with we have right now is a lot of people didn't see George Floyd as human. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it doesn't make sense to them that we're even going through this. Mm-hmm. Um, so until we can see the humanity into in, in each other, then we we won't get better. But 
I, it, it never ceases to amaze me looking through Facebook and like dudes that I've watched do coke at nightclubs are like, oh, he had fentanyl in his system, so he's gonna like, yeah. the fuck Come out on, of here, man. Yeah, you know, like I've watched you push a woman out of the way because you needed to get to the bathroom yeah. to do a fucking bump first. Yeah, and that, that, was a, that was another tweet that I saw that uh, remarked that it's an opioid epidemic until it's a black man. Exactly. Yeah. You know, like oh, we got to help these people. No, mm-hmm. never mind. Not that one. That's. Well, we had a crack epidemic before an opioid epidemic. You see how that went. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> you know, Charles is going full Ansel Adams over here. You look like you're wearing a mask, actually. Yeah, well, there you go. Uh, honestly, man, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, it was such a blast to get to hang out with you. Absolutely. Uh, I feel like uh, for I'm, how much I'm still thinking about that menu that you just laid out, we need to throw a trade A party. And just get down with that. You call me Trey Day, too. Why, is, why did you do that? Because C- it sounds like <laughs> Trey Day, and I feel like that sounds like I could, I could get behind. If I, if I didn't know you and I saw that as like a come to this restaurant, I would just go because yeah. I'd like, that's a dope name and that food sounds incredible. Everybody calls me Trey Day, but I, we, really? we've never met. We, I, I still feel like there's a, there's a Venn diagram overlap that we just haven't uh, figured yeah, out yeah. yet. Yeah, figured it out yet. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. We, uh, again, being in the same industry for a long time. When, when did you end up in Minnesota? 2007. Yeah. I mean, I've, I spent from 2007 till 2016 in restaurants. So I okay. guarantee you we yeah. probably just crossed paths yeah. there. But either way, I, I'm, I'm honored to actually have gotten to know you today. Thank and you. I'm, I'm you looking well. forward to actually getting to hang out more. Yeah, for sure, man. Thank you, uh, Appreciate you, bro. Absolutely. If, if Thanks people, for coming. Yeah, if people want to look you up and, and hit you up about chef things or life things or whatever, yeah. can they find you on, on some pluggables? Yeah, so some pluggables for me. So next, um, um, in May, I'm doing... Uh, a takeaway at the, uh, call it takeaway, but I think it's just takeout or food to go at the food hall over here in Northeast um, in uh, conjunction with Tim McKee, but uh, the food building over here with uh, a bunch of guys. So there'll be a meal here that I've crafted and created. Amazing. You guys come pick that up uh, in May. Um, Otherwise, check me out on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok at Chef Trey Hardy. Hell yeah. Yeah, that's it. Beauty. The yeah, the food building is right down the street from my studio. Yeah, I feel yeah. like uh, you know we were talking about maybe throwing a party here at the beautiful PNA Hall, which hosted us again for another show. We're putting together yes. an idea for doing a live show uh, once we feel like we really can safely do that for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, we already talked with uh, with. Our, our good friends from the last episode about throwing down some smashies, but I feel like maybe we there, there's enough room in here for a couple of chefs, and so maybe we could figure something like that out. Absolutely, there's a little room in here, yeah. Yeah, super roomy for three dudes to do a podcast. <laughs> so big, just flexing. It's like pews. Like I feel like I'm in church with yeah. these pews over here. Or like a I could if there was a hoop right there, I'd be like, you guys want to play a little drunken you basketball? Play a ball. Oh, you fucking do it. This could be almost full court, dude. For real, it's yeah. amazing. Uh, Charles, if people are looking for you, where do they find you? It came from the sea on Instagram. And I am either communist or the underscore communist, depending on if you're on Instagram or on Twitter. Look it up. I'm probably the only one who will ever Hashtag have that bleeding name. Cowboy. <laughs> Hashtag bleeding cowboy. Uh, <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you on the next episode. Peace. Bye.